0: folks today's episode sponsored by one of my favorite uh sponsors sunsetlakesebede.com but it's not just their typical uh left is best discount today why because they are announcing the uh they've rolled out a new product that's right they've just released their uh new gummies that contain where Del- they're called Delta Nine gummies. They contain five milligram of hemp derived THC, uh, <laughs> as well as the uh, 50 milligrams of Seba Day. It's a, a gentle 10 to 1 blend that you are sure to love. Now, I gotta tell you, I gotta be honest, um, I have not tried these yet. Why? Because it's Friday and uh, I don't uh, try uh, the gummies with the THC. Uh, uh, on the weekdays because I'm an old guy, and uh, I'm not uh, prepared for, for that necessarily. It's not like it was in the uh, early days for me. But right now, when you use the code DELTA at checkout, I got news for you. This weekend is going to be my uh, little experimentation.
1: time? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: So stupid. Folks, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> right now, when you use your code DELTA at checkout, you can get 25% off of all of Sunset Lake's gummies, including the new Delta-9 gummies. So, like me, uh, you could be uh, having your, um, your melatonin uh, gummies at night, or you could be uh, enjoying your focus gummies during the day with um, uh, lion's mane, and uh, or the uh, relax with ashawanga uh, mushroom uh, in it, um, and they have the, the normal sour uh, gummies with Sebede and the 1% Tehseh, uh full spectrum, uh, that you can uh, get. Uh, all of these gummies are 25% off. Uh, the sale ends on March 6th. See sunsetlakesabedee.com for terms and conditions. And as always, you can get 20% off site-wide with the code LEFTISBEST. That's one word, folks. Left is best. All right. And now it is time for the show. The Majority
2: Report with Sam Seder, where every day is casual Friday. That means Monday is casual Monday. Tuesday casual Tuesday. Wednesday, casual hump day, Thursday, casual Thurs. That's what we call it. And Friday, casual Shabbat. The majority report with Sam Cedar.
0: It is Friday. March first, two thousand twenty-four. My name is Sam Cedar. This is the five-time award-winning majority report. We are broadcasting live steps from the industrially ravaged Gowanus Canal in the heartland of America, downtown Brooklyn, USA. On the program today, Heather Parton, columnist at Salon.com, or, as you may know her, Digby, from the Uber blog, Hullabaloo. Also on the program today... Israeli massacre of unarmed Palestinians. More information coming in. The EU resumes its UNRWA funding. And just to be clear, it's just the EU, not the individual members of the EU. Trump and Biden at the border dueling each other as to who is more hostile to immigrants. Republicans spiraling as their impeachment plans implode. House and Senate pump their partial government shutdown, I should say Republicans in the House and Senate pump their partial government shutdown to a full government shutdown three weeks from now. Washington state's largest labor union endorses uncommitted in the upcoming Washington state primary. Republicans block the Senate bill for the federal IVF protection. IRS is going after millionaires and 100000 thousandaires who decided not to pay their taxes over the past seven years. The New York Times launches a leak investigation versus a how-did-this-happen investigation <laughs> over its mass rape reports. Tesla to face racism class action lawsuit from 6,000 black workers. All this and more on today's majority report welcome ladies and gentlemen it is indeed casual friday as we wrap up the week i'm here with uh her casual, casual attire yes there it is don't um, worry
1: sam i'm fixing the camera i'm getting us aligned we're thank all thank you set. very much Look i appreciate
0: that. that there we go
1: i know Feeling this a little is your bit
0: thing less. i know i'm gonna do a little bit like uh
1: no but when you do it then i then no, it no i'm
0: just doing it this way i'm not okay. doing it that way
1: all right sorry to confuse the podcast audience but we're messing with our cameras well right people now. understand people understand okay.
0: what's happening here um uh let's get into it i mean there's not um you know uh, in, in many respects incredibly busy uh news week uh today just uh, looking back on some of that of course um, more information to the extent that we're going to get any more information from uh, this massacre in uh, northern Gaza that took place uh, yesterday, the day before, Uh, you know, depending on, I guess, how you're uh, calculating uh, the hours. Um,
1: Well, I mean, they've killed almost all of the journalists there and many of the journalists had to flee. This is by design, by the way, so that they can say Hamas-run health ministry says X, which discredits it. If they wanted, there could be reporters in there who were able to document this, but this is explicitly what Israel does not want.
0: And um, it, the, all the U.N. agencies have said that they were not involved in this food distribution. I um, want to uh, play a couple of clips about this and then talk about a piece that was written one week ago. Uh, in um, Axios, I think it was, of all uh, places. Uh, but uh, here is Channel uh, ex- Channel 4 in uh, Britain speaking with Lieutenant Colonel Peter Lerner, IDF spokesperson, as to whether Israel takes any responsibility for the over 100,000 Palestinians killed um, after they... Uh, Wired into the crowd.
1: A hundred Palestinians, not a hundred thousand. I'm correcting. sorry, over a yes.
0: hundred Palestinians killed. A yeah. thousand um, uh, injured in some fashion or another. And it's fascinating the way this is being reported in, in some of the print media. There's a lot of talk about chaos. Oh,
3: yes. um,
0: and I'm just trying to like, you know, like in the headlines. Now, yes, I'm sure there was chaos there. There was chaos the moment that aid trucks came in because you have a uh population that 25% of which is on the brink of famine full on famine they're
1: starving uh, to death particularly
0: in northern gaza um it's even uh, worse there um and uh well here is the um, uh, the the IDF spokesperson
1: also know this his is that accent pen He's Peter not Lerner, he a spokesperson
4: for no. the Israel Defense Forces. Lieutenant Colonel, eyewitnesses say that more than 100 Palestinians
5: died when Israeli soldiers fired on numerous occasions into a crowd. Do you take responsibility for those deaths? No, of course not, because those claims are blatantly lies. Um, the IDF conducted a humanitarian operation this morning in order to as- assist and facilitate the movement of su- food supplies, as we have been doing over the last four days in similar in a similar manner um the supplies went in passed through our our positions and then continued to move forward where a mob stormed the the um the convoy bringing it to at some state to a halt but in the state of chaos on the site people were being pushed uh, trampled and in some cases run over. When you say uh, lock, the idea... do
6: you mean starving people who have been deprived
5: of food because you haven't let the aid in? The UN officials told us that no aid has been allowed into northern Gaza for more than a month. The UN obviously aren't up to date on their information. The last four days, tr- uh, convoys, like we conducted this morning, uh, this morning was 38 truckloads, uh, passed into northern Gaza to distribute food supplies, which are international donations, um, but on private vehicles that were conducting the convoy into northern Gaza. Well, so the, Multiple the agencies is say
6: some and, aid and is going in, but not nearly enough. And you spoke of a mob. I want to put to you what Save the Children
5: said. They said, while children die from lack of food, their parents are killed trying to get it for them. That's the reality, isn't it? These are starving people, desperate for anything they can get their hands on. Kathy, the incident at the on the convoy this morning uh, was nothing to do with Israel. The IDF secured the convoy, it went through, and it got out of hand on the ground as people were looting the trucks. Pause it for you one second. See. I just like I
0: want to point out like how oof. far this guy's had to move in the context of this one interview. Everything that you hear about this is a lie. Then to... Um, uh, Israel has nothing to do with this except for the fact that they were there shooting on uh people that um they were a mob as if this was like some type of like uh looting situation you know after uh, um after uh, you know the the super bowl or something um it, it's 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 stunning
1: I mean, I mean, it's
0: incredible.
1: They're using language like we, you know, was referred to the victims of Hurricane Katrina. They're looting. They're, they're, they're. Why are some people desperate, right? They're being starved to death. And the idea that this is looting, this is aid. This is not like a, 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 a store. This is, Food that is being delivered humanitarianly, and people are crawling all over each other because there's just not enough aid coming in. Israel's turning away the majority of the aid trucks for little things like medical kits having scalpels in them. That's what Jeff Merkley said on Democracy Now! the other day. He went there firsthand to the Rafa Rafa crossing because that has a sharp edge. They're turning, and then they don't let the rest of the truck come through. They turn the entire truck around if it has anything the Israeli Defense Forces deem to be dangerous, like a scalpel.
0: Um, uh, continue with this. I mean, the, 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 the news host is doing a good job, at least, yeah. of uh, you know, making this guy account for what he's talking about.
5: And it got out of hand on the ground as people were looting the trucks. If your troops fired, your troops fired shots. No, there were warning shots fired. And then when it got out of hand, the forces retreated back into the formation along the um, the Gaza Wadi area. It was that was not true. That is just a blatant lie. That is absolutely inaccurate. So why do you think people are so angry then? I think there is a lot of things that are going on in these days. And, of course, there is a dire situation in the Gaza Strip, a human tragedy. And that is precisely why we are facilitating humanitarian actions like this morning, or the airdrops of suppliers into uh, Gaza, both in the north and in the south, or the continued access and movement through Rafah or through uh, Kerem Shalom Crossing. Of course, there's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of frustration precisely because Hamas, Launched the war on the 7th of October. All and right. now it's I don't wanna, we we don't thousand. need to hear any
0: more about this. The idea of like uh, frustration when you're talking about literally one of the most um, devastating sort of, uh, um, actions of conscious starvation of a population. Um, here is a video that that, uh, that shows um, uh, I-24's uh, News English Twitter account. Posted uh, video from, uh, presumably, I guess, from a, a drone of some yeah. sort. Uh, some type the IDF, of aerial footage.
1: The IDF uh, put this out there, too. I don't know why they thought this made them look good, by the way.
0: This is um, basically, you're watching um, starving people running to trucks.
1: So, yeah, there's no sound. But perhaps they put this out because... You, it lo- almost looks like they're ants or you can't see their faces, but this is what the reality is here.
3: People
0: I, are just uh, running uh, desperately to try and get um, uh, food. Food.
1: I mean, this is kind of useful in the point of view from the Israeli military, where they have this advanced weaponry and you can see how precise they're able to be. Um. And we just know
0: and here's that the thing they can deliberately
1: um, target anybody yeah go on
0: this is uh, a piece uh, from axios from february twenty fourth u s officials say they are increasingly concerned that quote Gaza is turning into Mogadishu Mogadishu uh, of course is the capital of Somalia and um, it was uh, back in I guess the was it nineties? I mean, maybe people remember this Black Hawk Down uh, um, the, uh, episode where um there was such um chaos and uh lawlessness um and uh uh desperation that um it was impossible for uh US military, I think, uh were basically attacked there and um the uh, because there was absolutely no order. It was just a, a, a series of, of gangs. Now, when they're talking about this, um, uh, this happening in, in Mogadishu, I don't think the, the issue is quite a, a question of, of gang- roving gangs at this point, but rather no ability, no structure, no societal structure whatsoever and incredibly desperate people. There has been a, and this was a week ago, there's been a significant decrease in the number of aid trucks entering Gaza in recent weeks, as according to the UN Humanitarian Aid Office, OCHA, on at least four days in the last two weeks, less than 10 aid trucks entered the enclave. Um, and this is the issue. UN Humanitarian Coordinator for the Palestinian Territory, James McGoldruck, told reporters this this week that members of the Hamas-run civilian police force had been operating in Rafah and on the Gaza side of the nearby Karem Shalom crossing to ensure security for the aid trucks. But they left their posts earlier this month after being targeted by Israel. At least 11 members of the police force in Rafah. And this is just the police force. The, the, the reality is, is that Hamas is also the government there, or at least providing services to the extent that, you know, we can sort of draw a parallel. And the civilian police force is being targeted by the Israelis. I mean, uh, I don't know any more necessarily than civilians, but certainly 11 members at least of the police force in Rafa have been killed in Israeli airstrikes in recent weeks, is according to U.S. officials. This opened the way for uh, armed gangs to take control of the aid and also providing, and I don't see, you know, you can see that aerial footage. It doesn't look like there's armed gangs there. It looks like there are people running desperately to get the, the food aid and that Israel created no apparatus in which to distribute the aid because they're not allowing uh, organizations like you, uh, uh, the, the UN or others to do their jobs.
1: And that's the aid that gets in too right as yep. i said a great majority of it is getting turned away um and then it's at least based on the numbers that we've had for the past few weeks perhaps i mean i could only pray the biden administration is attempting to pressure them on this matter but it doesn't seem to be like
7: well, well we can
0: we can dip into that in a moment but as the result yeah. of the security vacuum many of the trucks uh, that have recently entered gaza have been overrun Um uh, in part at least by Palestinians desperate for any kind of aid as the conditions in the enclave continue to increasingly deteriorate and hunger grows. Um, The hopelessness and desperation in Gaza have created, quote, a great deal of law and order challenges that's affecting our ability to do the work, uh, our work here, McGoldrick said. Getting aid to northern Gaza has been especially difficult is hoping Israel will open a, a crossing in the north so aid trucks can directly access the areas in most need of supplies, and it did. But, of course, there's no apparatus there in which to distribute the aid, and Israel has created this sort of chaotic scene and then decided to shoot into it.
1: Yep. I mean, we know what the point is. <laughs> we know what the point is at this at this juncture, that they want um, as many people dead as possible. And I just want to say famine in the modern society, hunger, it's a policy choice. Always. It's a political uh, choice. Uh, without a doubt. In any I mean, is, of these uh, contexts. But active, this is, in the, yeah, yeah. It's been weaponized. Yep.
0: All right. We're, we're going to talk uh, uh, to Digby in a uh, moment more about the sort of like uh, domestic political implications of this and the attempts to uh, pressure the Biden administration to do something. Uh, Other than bemoan their helplessness uh, in this, uh, we will get to that in just a moment. And, uh, you know, one of the big uh, uh, elements of that is these uh, in Washington state is one of the biggest unions in the country. um, I should say in the state, the biggest unions in the state, the uh, local chapter of uh, of a national uh, union uh, has come out and said they're going to endorse uncommitted. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, first a couple of words from our sponsors, obviously you're listening to the show. You care about politics. Um, and I hope you uh, understand that, um, the future of America, uh, obviously is, uh, in the hands of people who care about politics. If you don't believe me, you should listen to future hindsight. Uh, often we feel helpless and powerless, like we can't do anything to change the status quo. But what if you could actually be a strategic player in politics? Future Hindsight offers you an independent, unaffiliated perspective into what's at stake in this year's elections and what you can do about it at the local, state, and national level. The podcast, Mila Atmos, shows you just how much power you have and how to use it. Think about it this way. If each of us could do just 2% more than we're doing now, could transform our democracy. So tune in every Thursday. Get engaged and stay engaged. This week, Mila is joined by Princeton's Sam Wang, who exposes why gerrymandering is not just unfair, but it is also deeply undemocratic. If you've ever felt like your vote didn't matter, then you don't want to miss this one. Find them at futurehindsight.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, today's program in part sponsored by nuts.com. You ever wish you'd go to Willy Wonka's Candy Factory? Well, it's not exactly possible. They also had that sort of like disastrous thing in like Scotland or something. I was, I, I couldn't quite make out what
2: happened there. There was like a Wonka themed party that we, was like extremely grim and upsetting.
0: No,
1: it was AI generated. We could talk about this in the far <laughs> now. Well, yeah.
0: yes. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I just saw that on thing, but the, it's very uh, funny. But look, yes. folks, you don't have to deal with that. Why? nuts.com. <laughs> in addition to an amazing selection of nuts. Cashews, almonds, I mean all sorts of nuts, mixed nuts. They have tons of classic candies like butterscotch, fudge, and licorice. Licorice is also very healthy for you, black licorice. Is my understanding. Hmm. Uh please join me in thanking nuts.com for supporting the majority report. Right now, when you go to nuts.com/slash majority, new customers get a free gift for their purchase and free shipping on orders of $29 or more. Nuts.com is your one-stop shop for freshly roasted nuts, for dried fruit, for sweets, for you know, uh, like uh, uh, stuff you would put in your pantry, like specialty flowers, more stuff like that for baking. Uh, they have a wide selection, and it means that there is something for everyone. Nuts.com uh, quality is the top priority. They roast their nuts, pop their corn the same day it ships. So it reaches you deliciously fresh. It's not something that's been sitting on the uh, supermarket uh, shelf for, you know, a month. Satisfaction is guaranteed. We have had um, a great experience uh, with our nuts in this uh, office, um, though it has created a little bit of friction at times uh, when I have dipped into other people's stashes. Hmm. The strategy I take is eat all of mine first. And then just very slowly, uh, you know,
1: pick into mine, pick into my cashews.
0: Yep. Nuts.com offers, offers uh, plenty of uh, gluten-free options as well. Organic choices, other diet friendly products. If you're looking for something sweet, if you're looking for something savory or you want to stock up on cooking essentials, you're bound to find something to try. You can shop a la carte at any time or opt into hassle-free auto deliveries. So you never run out of your favorite items. If you're already stocked up at home, they also sell directly to businesses. Right now, Nuts.com is offering new customers a free gift uh, with a purchase and free shipping on orders of $29 or more at nuts.com slash majority. So go check out all the delicious options at nuts.com slash majority. You're going to receive a free gift and free shipping when you spend $29 or more. Um, Also, uh, one other note and let's keep this in the, uh, the uh, full show. Uh, Cedar Seeds is gearing back up because it's about to be springtime. So if you're looking for uh, cannabis seeds, I don't know if I have to say that. Um, <clears throat> CedarSeeds.com. I think we're going to start uh, um, uh, taking orders next week. But in the meantime, uh, if you grew something from Cedar Seeds last year, and you have pictures, send them to hello at cedarseeds.com. We'll put this in the, uh, that's cedarseeds.com. And uh, send us some pictures. And if we like your pictures, we'll put them on the site and we'll give you a free um, package of seeds. So uh, there you go. Very nice. Also, just a reminder, uh, you can become a member at jointhemajorityreport.com And when you do, uh, one of the benefits is you get the show commercial free. All right, quick break. We're going to be talking to Digby, uh, or you may know her as Heather Parton. Be right back. We are back. Sam Cedar uh, on the majority part, Uh, Emma Vigland. She is. uh, She's out. She'll step back in in a second. So I'm in an extreme close up at the moment uh, (laughs) because we're going to uh, uh, cut to a three a three shot as the Digby theme song plays in the background. Uh, Matt is out today, so uh, Bradley is uh, frantically uh, switching from computer to computer, Uh, so uh, bear with us. Uh, Good job on this, Bradley. Um, Heather! Yes? It's another Friday.
6: Yes, it is.
0: Uh, We've been doing this for a long time, and um, it is... uh, We're in a very sort of like... um, It is an odd sort of era right now, as we sort of... We know, in many respects... I think it's safe to say we know who's going to be the uh, the two nominees at this point without any real question as to this. Uh, what we don't know is the shape of uh, both. Like you know, forget from a health perspective; just from a political perspective, uh, what kind of shape either one of these guys are going to be in. Um, there's there are big big sort of potential drags. This is, I think, going to be one of I wonder if it, it's possible if it's going to be sort of like the most disliked set of candidates that people have ever chosen between in an election certainly like maybe in modern times. What I mean um let's let's start with the sort of the things that could be uh, uh impacting Biden coming out of Michigan and when we can, then we'll talk about Trump. Um, the biggest union in uh, Washington state and Washington state is the home of the next um, uh, primary. That's going to happen on the, uh, on the 12th. Is that happening? Um, do we have one? Uh, when is a, uh, when is a uh, super Tuesday
2: again, Bradley? Super Tuesday is next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So
0: this is going to be following. Um, here it is. Sorry.
2: It's March 5th. Uh,
0: March 5th it's
2: is. Super Tuesday. Oh, it's
0: this two super Tuesday. Uh, Washington state. Is uh, there's you know is one of the states where we're going to see um, organizers pushing for uncommitted? Uh, they're talking about Pennsylvania. They're talking about Minnesota. Um, even people are mentioning New Jersey. Perhaps. Um, what was your sense of of the numbers that we saw for uncommitted in Michigan?
6: well it seemed to me that it was pretty substantial i mean it wasn't it wasn't huge it wasn't you know overwhelming but it was enough i think to get the white house's attention and if this thing grows it will continue to get the white house's attention i don't think there's any doubt that this is a you know this is a very serious issue that's come up in the you know the democratic coalition and it's going to have to be dealt with Uh, politically it's quite dangerous because there it's it's not so much the arab american uh faction in the in the democratic coalition because although they're very important it's a pretty small faction it's i think it's the under 30 vote uh which seems to be very uh, animated by the issue of gaza um And as a result, you've got a very large group when you combine the two of them. That is a faction that the Democrats simply can't afford to lose. So I think it, I think it made, I think it made a difference there. And I think that it, um, the fact that it seems to be growing in other, in other states, um, there's no avoiding it. It's, it, the, 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 you know, the White House and the, and the Biden campaign can try to run away from it, but, They can't. It's going to be there for them and whether they like it or not. And I think one of the things they need to be really careful of is that there's a convention in Chicago this summer, uh, the Democratic Convention. uh, Very, very storied history of Chicago, Democratic Chicago conventions. And they better be uh, prepared uh, for what that could be if there isn't a pretty swift change in policy. Hey, oh. Heather,
1: I just joined back. Sorry. Hey, Emma. Hi. Uh, <laughs> hey, um, wait, uh, uh, sorry, Sam, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I thought, th- thought that point that you made there about Chicago was, was really, um, well said and on point because there have been comparisons that, you know, Jeet here was on the show and talked about how, um, there are a lot of parallels, I think, with L- uh, LBJ and Vietnam uh, and Biden in terms of Biden's efforts to use. He called it butter and um guns and butter. guns and butter. The the idea that Biden is uh supporting Israel in this slaughter and then also at the same time had that domestic program and is hoping that that is kind of what's going to carry the day. But then you talk about the convention, the parallels there for the 1968 Democratic Convention being in Chicago. It's a little eerie, I think, honestly.
6: Yeah, it is eerie. And I and I don't know. I mean, obviously, the circumstances are different with, you know, the Mayor Daley of Chicago. And, all, and you know, everybody knows the history of the Chicago Convention. I mean, you know, it was unbelievable. I was a little kid, but I remember seeing it I remember my mother sitting in front of the the television just going oh my god I can't believe this is happening because she had two sons that were Vietnam draft age at the time so you know kind of a big personal sort of situation there but in any case the uh the the you know the parallels there do exist I mean they're not perfect but there is some parallel there and the the fact is just is it's just reality that you know, as far as the two of them being unpopular, they are, they're very unpopular. Although I might argue and say that Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton may have been more unpopular even than Donald Trump. And right. Biden. So, you know, um, but nonetheless, you know, it is going to be one of those, you know, elections. And we seem to have those a lot. And it's, you know, John Kerry and George Bush wasn't exactly a, you know, rah-rah, right. love, love the guys. Um, well, on the Bush side, it was, but that's because they're crazy. Um, but in any case, they, they, I think that, this is going, you know, the upshot is this is going to be a big issue. And I think that it's something that has to be dealt with. I think what happened this week, the horror of that slaughter that happened yesterday, the the massacre in Gaza, um, I have a feeling, and maybe I'm wrong about this, that this is a watershed event, that somehow or another, it just feels to me, I was watching the BBC, I was watching, you know, reading some foreign papers and things. This seems to have galvanized foreign governments in a way that I haven't seen it happen before. And that pressure is going to be brought to bear, I think, on this. And it's not enough to say that the U.S. is, you know, well, we'll do airdrops of humanitarian aid. That is simply not going to cut it. And and the idea that, you know, they the, the hope, I think, fervent hope, is that somehow or another, rather than this blowing up whatever ceasefire talks were happening, that maybe it will actually push, you know, both sides to to you know come together. This was such a horrific event. I don't know if that'll happen, but you know that, that would be my hope. But I don't know.
0: I, I can't see how this is going to um, help the peace. The, you know the the ceasefire talks, unless the our government does something different. I mean, I think that. I mean, fundamentally, there has to be. There is no other leverage point uh you know uh bb netanyahu this is a you know an exist as as much as donald trump's uh, uh election to presidency is an existential question for him this is the same thing for Bibi netanyahu and um and i think without u.s exerting its pressure and i'm not sure that that would be enough it's unclear to me that 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 you know Uh, The U.S., if it cut off all aid uh, tomorrow, it would impact. uh, uh, Oh, I don't uh,
6: think it would, at least not in the beginning. I mean, I I mean, it would have an influence, but I don't I don't think that Bibi Netanyahu is yet is in a position where he's going to say, well, if the U.S. is out, I guess that's it. I I don't I don't see that happening. However, it's a necessary step to that to, to the Israelis saying enough and making it you know i mean that it's got to happen internally right it's not going to of him.
0: i think one thing that i think we could, like be clear is it's it's not going to happen without the us doing that right, may, right the us may not in and of itself be able to do it but it, the the first uh you know step and you know we've seen examples in the past where reagan was able to sort of stop the israeli assault on lebanon and and, and he was surprised by it and that was obviously a very different uh time uh but um the, um, the 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 thing that, that, that strikes me and, and I, I don't know I've seen conflicting reports as to whether uh, the Arab slash Muslim uh, uh, community in places like Georgia and Michigan wouldn't make a difference if we're seeing numbers like we saw right uh, you know in twenty sixteen and in twenty twenty depending on where what state it is um, alone but you're right as a you know um, there's an even bigger cohort of of, of younger people. Who did not grow up with the the same um, uh, relationship with Israel? I think. Uh, well, i
1: yeah. I mean, all like as a s you know, I'm only I'm going to be thirty soon, but I've only known like when I've been cognizant a an extremist far right government of Israel. Mm-hmm. I mean, Netanyahu mm-hmm. has been in power for a majority of my lifetime, and so my generation and younger that's the perception of Israel. And also my generation sees it as a settler colonial issue and a racism issue and one of segregation and separation. And I think that that is like so far behind where Biden perceives things. It's the diplomatic cover, too, that I think is part of what enables Israel. Um It's not just the aid. I mean, if aid stopped tomorrow, as you say, Heather, I don't know if he would change course, but the other piece is the fact that the United States in the United Nations, defending them Mm -hmm. in the International Court of Justice, that's almost more impactful, honestly, because they have a very robust uh, weapons and military industrial complex at this point based on years and years of supplementing it.
6: Absolutely. And I don't disagree with anything you say. I you know and I and I you know even as one who did grow up with an Israel that you know and I don't know that it's ever really been a liberal government necessarily but you know it was right. kind of an in 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 the circumstances that it existed and we've talked about this before. You know the 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 shadow of World War II and the way that people like me and and maybe even Sam who's younger than me yep. grew up with this idea of Israel sort of being, you know, something of a protectorate, I think, um, of, the, of the United States and Europe in the shadow of World War II. I understand completely how that has changed. I totally understand it and how the whole right. world has changed in light of that. And, of course, what we're seeing now is beyond the pale. This is there's nothing in, in my history of, you know, observing Israel that would have prepared me for this level of absolute overwhelming slaughter and that's even with me understanding the trauma of what happened on october 7th and even right. you know i think we can all understand that and you know in a lot of ways you know let's let's be honest here they're doing a lot of what we did after 9/11 which was lash out indiscriminately and just basically decide that this is an opportunity let's just go in there and we're going to fix all these problems we're going to just get her done we have an excuse to do it and we're going to do it now and we all know what the result of that was it was a catastrophic horrific error and you know we all knew it and yet the government and the military industrial complex and everybody else sort of just let it play out i mean how many years did it go on and let's right. let's let's be Frank, one of the weirdest things about this is that Joe Biden of all people seemed to be the one guy in government who understood that and wanted to get out of Afghanistan, you know, eight, nine years ago. And now here we are. So I, and and I have to be honest, I kind of, I kind of thought that would, (laughs) that was something that would, that experience was something that meant something to him and that he would actually follow through in this situation, which I haven't seen yet. And it's, it's, very disappointing. Let me just put it that way. Not that I love Joe Biden. I don't love any politician, but I don't particularly love him either, but that has been a big disappointment because I thought this was an area that he was a little clearer than somewhere. It's
0: it really is I mean it is baffling. It is baffling in 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 a number of ways. I mean, I don't I honestly don't think that we have had a democratic president who would have reacted like this. And I don't think we will ever have another Democratic president who would react like this um, to uh, what's going on. I think even like there's a significant number of Republican presidents who would uh, not have this kind of blatant sort of disregard for the reality of what's going on and um, and and hang in there so long and enable it in this way. But on top of that, just putting that aside as a political matter, it is so hard to reconcile, you know, and, and, and we can sit here and like, it's, we, we can say it's a political liability. We can't, you know, we can't know for sure that this is going to cost Joe Biden the election. We, there's a lot of other factors. We don't know exactly how many people would vote against it. I mean, part of the uncommitted uh, voting in the primary is a way of saying like, we don't want to, um, you know, uh, enable Donald Trump We're this is the best mechanism in which we can signal to you like this is going to be right. a problem for us. And we're giving you ample time to to do something about it. Um, the but the this notion and I, and it, it's quite clear and I think there was a piece in Politico this week where You know, there was a feeling about, uh, you know, Michigan uh, saying, you know, when when it comes time to make a choice between Donald Trump and Joe Biden, they're going to choose the lesser of two evils. That very well may be. um, But to go out there in one of the sort of like themes of the administration and sort of like the larger apparatus of the Democratic Party is to talk about how the. You know, Donald Trump and the empowering, you know, presumably like the Heritage Foundation and the and the hundred other organizations that are around there is a fundamental threat to American democracy. Let's just take it on face value. I don't want to, you know, like I can be cynical about the, just the idea that, you know, where we are at on that. For, for, but for the moment, let's just take it, stipulate, OK, it is at the same time and we've talked about this they are acting as if it's not like it, like right. the cost associated to joe biden to call for a ceasefire 2 months ago to say we're conditioning aid to doing all the stuff that ultimately is going to have to happen seems to me political cost much less than the one that he's exercising now and if we're facing an existential threat to the, to the future of this country, they're not doing everything to signal that they're saying that, uh, you know, Joe Biden's out there talking about how great Mitch McConnell is. You, you know, they're as if he doesn't understand what's going on in the Republican party. The, the tr- people voting for Trump don't like Mitch McConnell. Um, they're out there talking about like, you know, Adopting Republican immigration points, uh, talking points, essentially, and in, 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 in pursuing Trump era policies on uh, on asylum. They're not acting like these people are a threat to democracy. It's sort of like I don't know, it's like, you know, you, you and I both have had experience in the film business. It's like basically, you know, we're going to we're going to do a short film about a fire. I'm going to yell. There's a fire you cut and oh, it looks like it could be, there's some smoke. And you cut back to me and I'm just standing there. I'm not running to get, I'm not running to get a, I'm just like, boom. All of a sudden you're like, wait a second, we're getting mixed messages here." He's a fire or is there not a fire?
1: He's, he's, by the way, he's fundraising a lot. That's his response to this. He was just in Boston for a fundraiser, right? In California recently as well. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. that's where his priority is right now, electorally.
6: Well, I mean, you know, I think that's probably always fairly true of any presidential yeah. candidate. But um, I, I do think, you know, you bring up a good point, Sam, and it's something I hadn't really thought of, which is maybe what the real problem is here. It's the dissonance in the in the message. And there's more to it than that. Joe Biden won at, in 2020 and has continued his, you know, sort of, um, you know, image in, as president. As as Mr. Empathy, he's the guy who cares, who is concerned about people and cares about real people. And Donald Trump is this monster. Well, it's really hard to make that case when you're seeing children starving in Gaza and he's taking the position that he's taking. That And it has been dissonant to me, and I hadn't actually thought about it I, until you just brought this up. The fact that the messages that are coming out with this, and, and, you know, look, I think we know what the calculation is there, right? They figure they've got swing voters, suburban, you know, white women, you know, the, this sort of group that they think they can appeal to by him saying nice things about Mitch McConnell or saying, come work with me, Donald Trump on the border. You know, they've made that political calculation. We may not agree with that. But in light of the fact that he's also making a calculation or isn't making a calculation that there's a threat coming to him in his coalition uh, from the left and from, you know, Arab Americans, from young people, from a lot of liberals of conscience here on this, that that they're not taking that into account or at least haven't up till now. And we have to, you know, hope it does sort of tell you that this existential threat, which I actually agree is true i mean i believe that it is an existential threat if donald trump wins again because i think he's you know crazy and i think the people around him are monsters um and i think that it's a serious serious threat but this does not seem like a wise political calculation as you lay it out the dissonance that's being that you know the messages that are being put out there are starting to make people really you know wonder and there certainly aren't inspiring anybody and it plays into the you know the perennial age issue which you know is a whole other thing and it's not smart politics it's not smart to be doing this and um, I don't know if they're going to get this together I am really hoping not for the sake of his politics but for the sake of the people of Gaza and the future of this country that they get this issue right really quick because if they don't we are facing a very 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 horrible consequence of them not doing it
0: i mean i uh, uh you know for, uh, i i mean i hope that we they, even getting it right quick is even enough time both from i mean from a perspective of just like i I don't, I, I, getting it right quick at this point is not, I mean, I don't think it's ever going to, uh, I I think that the, the amount of trauma that uh, has been experienced in a country where, you know, half of the population, more than half the population are children and have gone through something like this uh, is just, I think just, uh, I, it's almost incomprehensible to me.
1: Um, Um, Can I just add really quickly, because there was a focus group, uh, MSNBC interviewed uh, some uncommitted voters in Michigan Mm -hmm. And two of them said he could win me back. Right. If he stops. The other two said no. Mm -hmm. They said one of them said, why is our democracy more important than the lives of Palestinians? And what do you say? And then she was a young woman. I don't think she was Arab, just a young. Well, we know what the argument
6: for that is, is that that it will be worse for the Palestinians or it will continue to be as bad. I Probably I'm not in Donald favor.
1: Trump. I I hear that. I mean I, that's. I'm a harm reduction voter, and I'm in agreement. But the point that Sam, I think, just to your point Yo, in I terms hear of you. the damage, the damage done to the people of Gaza, yeah. but the damage mm-hmm. done to some portion of these uncommitted yeah, folks. I hear that. You know, it's it's scary.
0: It's scary. I don't know. Th- I mean, look, if they're gone, they're gone at that point. I mean, you right. can't you can't get them back. Um, um, but the but
6: I don't think that, they're not going to vote for Donald Trump. I mean, they're not going to vote know, for Donald. Trump. We're going to stay take home. That, you know, stay at home. The, yeah, and that, home. we don't need that, and that's a right. terrible thing, and we don't want right. that. We want them to vote, and and look, forgetting the politics, we just want the policy to be right. And you know whether those people can forgive what's happened so far, I guess we'll just have to to you know live with the the result of of whatever's happened so far. But well, what's your sense? What's Sorry. your
0: sense that the, that the voting of the uncommitted is, and like, I, I definitely agree with you I, that within the, the press, I mean, I am, I am seeing within the press a sort of like recognition, like, wow, uh, yeah, maybe this is really, um, uh, you know, over the top uh, at this point. And I'm seeing, you know, people who earlier in this uh, conflict, had a, I, I I have seen slight changes, you know, in what they're posting on social media or this and that. I mean, I, I, there there is movement, like there's like an, an, like an awareness. Um, Do you think the uncommitted vote that took place in Michigan and if it continues to grow, because I think, you know, so much of this is a function of trends, but if like in, you know, Washington state, if in Pennsylvania, you know, the States in um, uh, uh, the, you know, California would have been a great one to, to try this into maybe, maybe too many uh, numbers, too big of a place to impact on some levels and, and and largely irrelevant maybe because it's not important in the general election, you got maybe North Carolina, I guess, and Virginia and Minnesota that are arguably like sort of you know swing statey. You know they're not some of sure. the, the key ones, uh, but Michigan you know has a lot of impact because it it could be ten thousand votes, yeah. it could be fifty thousand votes that decide this. Uh, but do you think that the uncommitted thing is going to, is 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 impacting? the administration in any way. And the only thing I've seen any evidence of is like you've got to March tenth, I think it is, to send us a letter saying you're not using our weapons to uh the uh, break international law. I mean um but w- do you think it's having any Weird. type of impact?
6: And yeah. Yes, I think it is. Absolutely. I think it is. And I think the protests are having an impact. Look, people are showing up at, you know, speeches by Hillary Clinton about reproductive rights and they're making these protests. Now, those are minor sort of disruptions. You know, I I mean, look, there was a guy who, you know,
0: Aaron Bushnell emulated
6: himself the other day um of course uh, i mean i don't think i don't think they're stupid I, I mean i think they see this and they certainly under they have to under i know they do they're, they're just not you know they they may be immoral but they're not stupid okay and i think they absolutely know that this is a danger in a in an election that is looking to be as close as it was in 2020 and in 2016, it's not you know, this is not it's not like it would be one thing if they were running 15 points ahead and they I could think. say, yeah, well, you know, where are they going to go? You know, you could say that they can't say that and they know that. So, you know, something it's something has to give here. And and it has to be and I probably the roadblock here is Biden himself. You know, who, who simply, really you know, and, and I'm sure, well, we know there are people in the administration who are pushing, you know, to for a change in policy. But, you know, that is that is where it's going to have to happen. And, uh, you know, Biden also has to see that when you get what was over 100,000 people in Michigan who voted uncommitted. And you can make the argument that some of those would have been uncommitted anyway because all the earlier, you know, every election has a certain share of uncommitted voters Every primary has that. It's not abnormal. But we know that in this case, there was an actual program to, to vote for uncommitted. Right. And a lot of people did that. 100,000 votes. It could be take 10 percent of that group. That's all it could take to lose the election. And yep. they have to know that. So, yep. yeah, I think it makes a difference. And, and it's uh, a, it's, you know, it's a really smart protest. Can I just give these people some credit? This is exactly how you should do this sort of thing. Because it wasn't like just saying, "Oh, we're voting for Trump or vote third party or anything like that." It was just a very specific issue and a very specific thing that was uh, using democracy to make a point in the most um I don't want to say benign, but in the most pointed and yet un-damaging un, um, way possible. It, and well, I really admired the fact that they did that.
0: The, the quality of this uh, protest is that it places these 100,000 votes, give or take, on a precipice. And so it gives the sense that, like, these are gettable votes and they're losable right. votes. They're not, they're not votes that we can put in our back pocket, but they're not votes that are so far gone that it's not worth the effort to exert, to get, you might call
6: them uncommitted. Yeah,
0: exactly. (laughs) I mean, but that's the, that is really the value of it. I think it's really a a smart protest too. Mm -hmm. And I would just add to the, to the thing that I think got Biden elected, part of that may have been his supposed empathy. I'm not, I'm not a, a, you know, I think there's an element of that, but I think, I think it's also was a question of like, he was perceived as a, 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 a leader, like a, and a leader, not in the sense of like, he's trailing, you know, he's, he's on the vanguard of some type of movement, but that he's like somebody who is like competent and not going to rock the boat and bring the country
1: uh, together. That was bring, his, uh,
0: bring the country together. But that was
1: but his I, pitch. Right. But I,
0: yeah. But I think like the thing that really people just felt like is it's just not going to be quite as a shit show. And and yeah. like, it's gonna, things are going to be calmer. And to have protests like this,
6: mm-hmm. and to You're have
0: right. this sense of like things are like sort of out of his starting control, to
6: go it's starting to run out of control. It, it, here. Yeah.
0: it makes it harder to differentiate. And I think they're trying to do this with the border. I think that's their theory, but they're they're I think they're mistaking the the text for the subtext. So instead of like going to the border and saying we need funding to make an orderly way for people to come in and to, you know, to do, dreamers to have like a, an established you know place in this country and for DACA and DAPA and for people who want to be here and have proven themselves and maybe they've got to do it over six years or whatever it is like you can take control of an issue without adopting the policies of Trump, like they, I think the issue is less like, they're in promoting this notion that there's a crisis there, it undercuts his leadership argument, you know? And so rather than saying there's a crisis, it's like there's a failure of the Republicans to just do their jobs. And uh, and it is a manufactured crisis. The crisis is not with the number of people coming across the border, the, any more than the crisis is like people want to get driver's licenses. If you don't hire people at the DMV, there's going to be a crisis because you're going to have more people right. in line than can be handled at the DMV. And that's the way that you could go in and show that level of competence. But instead they're out there, basically, it seems to me, trying to make it like, you know, uh, the, there, there's a crisis at the border. And that just seems to me to be a mistake because that again undercuts the leadership argument.
6: Absolutely. and And of course, you know, it's completely... It it is not going to work. I will never understand why Democrats do this. You know, you if you run on a Republican issue like this, you're going to lose. This is you, you know, immigration crisis and caravans and all you know, migrant crime and whatever else this stuff is. These are not issues that Democrats win on. That is, it makes no sense for them to be running. With we're going to be just as tough at the border as Donald Trump is, except he won't accept our toughness. And so he's wrong. That is not you're absolutely right. The way to have framed this is to say, look, you know, we we have a lot of ideas. We have many things that we think could help the asylum process and do things and make this thing work better. And they are not willing to do that. They're not willing to do anything because Donald Trump wants the issue for the election. That's it. Shut up after that. Just you don't need to say anymore. Just let that sit there and let people look at that and go, you know, you're right. I mean, which I think most people will if they if they you know, if you just put it that way, you no, know, this is ridiculous. You know, we're trying. We'll do things. We're we're negotiating. We'll meet people halfway. They won't do anything. So why are we talking about this, you know, and, and let it go?
0: Here is uh, Biden speaking in Brownsville, Texas, near the border, um, talking about that bipartisan immigration legislation. Um, the
6: yeah, I hated it. <laughs> but that's
0: the thing: is that like you could have come up with any failed bipartisan legislation, right? <laughs> there wasn't even there wasn't even a vote that's on it. And well, so you know, why are you alienating
6: your own people who care about immigration? Well, that was the big thing, right? I mean, that was the that was the play, whole play this thing clip, about uh, that Bradley. stupid negotiation. Here's, 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 here's that clip. This,
8: this compromise legislation will also give me as president or any of the next president emergency authority to temporarily shut down the border between ports of entry when the numbers of immigrants and migrants, excuse me, overwhelm the border.
0: Pause Sorry it for a second. Okay. Now, how do you talk about giving yourself or the next president this unilateral authority when you're also arguing that the next president could be a psychopath exactly, who, who doesn't like that people have an accent when they speak.
6: Don't worry, Don. We're legalizing it all for you. So, you know, why it's won't insane. you accept what we're doing for you, Don?
0: Bradley, put the put, put clip it back up there
8: the authority to temporarily shut down the border between ports of entry when the numbers of immigrants and migrants excuse me overwhelm the border starting straining the border patrol's ability to process them at the same time at our legal ports of entry like here in Brownsville we're making investments in infrastructure my bipartisan infrastructure law is going to provide nearly four billion new dollars to boost security to ease waiting time at land and ports of entry, like Brownsville. And I want to thank, again, Congresswoman for helping me get that through and get it passed in the, in the law, that you get the money for the — for example, that's how you got the money for the Gateway Bridge, from that fund. Folks, the bipartisan border security deal is a win for the American people. That's a win for the people of Texas, and it's fair for those who legitimately have a right to come here to begin with. It's a win for the people of Brownsville, and I believe that's why the Border Patrol Union endorsed it. I believe that's why the National Chamber of Commerce, the National Chamber of Commerce endorsed it. Not known as a democratic organization with a capital D. Look, and that's why the Wall Street Journal endorsed it as well. This is a truly bipartisan initiative. That's why the bipartisan South Texas Alliance of Cities endorsed it. Folks. I didn't get, I didn't get everything I wanted in that compromise bipartisan bill, but neither did anybody else. Ah, compromise I, is part I, okay, of the process. Mean,
0: like, I'm curious, what is it that he wanted that he got out of that bill? I know he didn't get everything he wanted out of that bill, but why should the idea of funding this be a the get here? Like, what is
1: the get? There is no get without, by the way, any like more liberal i mean the entire border right. element is all right-wing stuff funding and more militarizing the border giving ice more money okay if you want to frame it as a compromise what is the element of like a path to citizenship modernizing our processing system so that people can get through the process and see a judge when they need to when we have a better record and pro- and, and procedure for uh, processing migrants. That wasn't even a part of the discussions, let alone, no. like,
6: what. Well, I mean, what is he talking about? <laughs> well, what I think, you know, you got to step back a little bit and recognize just how brilliant it was that Mitch McConnell put together this idea of mixing the border deal with the Ukraine funding, because that was supposed to be the compromise. We'll get our Ukraine funding and you get your militarized border. Didn't work out because the Republicans wouldn't take yes for an answer on their border side, but it didn't work out for the Democrats either. And McConnell and the and the Republicans brought that to the Democrats and said, look, you know, and, and they did it in the most... In the, insidious fashion. And I don't know if they even meant this at the time, but it ended up working out, you know, hey, we'll get, you know, this will really work out. We'll get all those wing nuts over in the House to vote for this because it's got all this border stuff in it. And then we can get our Ukraine and Israel and Taiwan funding in there and maybe a little bit for Gaza too. But, you know, we'll just get that in there and and they'll run with it because, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's immigration. You know how they feel about that. Meanwhile, you got Donald Trump running foreign policy down in mar-a-lago and he he sees that this you know that this issue is good for him and he wants to keep it and they basically trap the democrats into and and don't tell me that they didn't know they were doing this they knew that they were going to inflame the democratic coalition if for chance somebody imagine if the deal had gone through what the left on top of You know, they're all already feeling about the Gaza policy. This immigration bill had gone through as well. So they knew what they were doing. It was a total trap. And and it was just lucky. I mean, I think I mentioned this on here before that maybe Joe Biden has a preternatural sense in some ways of when the Republicans are going to refuse to take yes for an answer, Um, because he has, you know, the rhetorical spot that he thinks he wants. And I don't know if this is going to work for him. And I agree with you, Sam. It makes no sense. And it's stupid to be out there saying this stuff. But nonetheless, they've made a calculation again, you know, the white suburban moms, I don't know, the conservative Democrats at the border in Texas and Arizona, maybe that they're trying to, you know, reach in and grab some of those people with this kind of tough talk about the border. But it would have been a whole lot worse if that bill had passed, if the Republicans had taken totally. yes for an answer. So, you know, this thing is just it, it's, it infuriated me the minute I heard it, the minute I heard they're going to what are they doing now? Ukraine and the border are going to be in the same basket, but what, what the and hell? I'm sorry. And of I course, do not believe
0: that they thought that this was not going to, at the very least, get um, uh, voted in the Senate because it was going to. Mitch McConnell it certainly was. thought oh, it was going to get voted for. And he had to do an about-face and Tom Tillis was left out hanging uh, dry. I mean, the, Tom Tillis was going to... I'm going to release a recording of this you know, uh, <laughs> uh, thing <laughs> right. where where McConnell told us that uh, Donald Trump won't allow it to happen. I, I don't... I. I don't believe that that Biden had that magic, uh, uh, you know, ability. I don't really eat. either.
6: I just yes. say, I say that because more so then, he's been in that position. A he few did the
9: times same now, thing.
0: Yeah. Yes, he did the yeah. same thing uh, as vice president with <laughs> yep. the cutting Social Security. Yep. Um, but the the again, the problem is and someone saying like, oh, how can you say that, uh, you know, Biden is, can't address this? He's twenty seventy on the issue. The reason why he's 2070 on the issue is not because he's not saying we need to close the border at 5,000 uh, migrants as opposed to 4,000 or 8,000 or 10,000. There's just not that level of sophistication with the American public. He's no. at 2070 on the issue because they keep playing into that there is a crisis on the border, and he's the president. So if there's a crisis anywhere, and you're the president, you're responsible for it. And if you're and out there it, saying, I don't have the ability to get this through Congress because the guy who's not president has the ability to stop it, you're also saying, I don't have the leadership skills that this guy has.
6: And, absolutely. And they and keep all- they keep saying that this – that, uh, you know – that you know they have no control. You know it's not a good idea to go out and tell people that they should be feeling a certain way. So you can't, you know, like on the economy, you can't tell people that the economy is good. You can't tell people that immigration isn't bad because they think that these things are true. So you have to play for some reason play into it. But you know who doesn't believe that Donald Trump. Donald Trump tells people, he tells people what he wants to tell people because he wants them to believe it. And for half the country almost, that works. And by the way, if you have the additional, um, you know, benefit of those things being true, you you can you have to tell people what's going on you have to actually say it you have to go out there you can't pander to some vibe thing that the, that the border is a crisis and that migrants are killing everybody in the streets in the cities and whatever else is going on out there you have to tell people the truth if you do a lot of people will go wow you know gee i right. heard that such and such and, was happening
0: i mean we we dealt with this with uh, George W Bush in 2005 sure saying that social security is a train wreck Mm-hmm. And there were some in the Democratic Party who were like, "Well, you know, there is going to be a shortfall of funding in 2033 or whatever it was, and uh, you know, in 2034 there's going to be the uh the you know the the trust fund's not there." And what won the day and destroyed George Bush over it was the Democrats saying, "No, you're talking about you know uh, junk in a car because the radio is bad. Let's right, fix right. the radio." And then the mm-hmm. car keeps running fine. And, and, and that's the way that you approach that argument. He's, you're playing on his uh, territory. Let's, yep. and, and meanwhile, like you should be out there. There's plenty of material to talk about Donald Trump's miss um, sort of like uh, his, why his proposals on immigration are wrong. Here is uh, clip number nine. Here's Donald Trump talking about immigration, So you could go in and say, like, I'm not going to do his policies and he's trying to stir this up. Like we need real uh, immigration reform and the Republicans just won't do it. All they'll do is this.
9: These are the people that are coming into our country and they're coming from jails and they're coming from prisons and they're coming from mental institutions and they're coming from insane asylums and they're terrorists. They're being let into our, our country and uh it's horrible it's horrible and you know i know many of the leaders of these other countries that are doing it and it's not just south america it's all over the world the congo a very big population coming in from jails from the congo you look at the jails now you take a look at the jails throughout the region but more importantly throughout the world they're emptying out because they're dumping them into the united states and these guys try and make like oh isn't it wonderful they don't have a clue. I think they're looking for votes. They're looking for something. Nobody's really been able to tell me how anybody could want it. You know, you're always in business. You always want to understand the other side. Uh, you want to figure it out so you can do something that's good or bad, depending on what you're looking for. But nobody can explain to me, because everybody I speak to says how horrible it is. Nobody explained explain to me how allowing millions of people from places unknown, from countries unknown, who don't speak languages we have languages coming into our country we have nobody that even speaks those languages they're they're truly foreign languages
6: nobody speaks them and they're poor i mean just put that they should just put that in an ad and just put this none of this is true <laughs> this is all bullshit <laughs> and just put that up as an ad it's the most insane rap that I have ever heard a politician give. It's, it's, it's so outrageous and, and puerile and, and, you know, just completely absurd.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, the, there, there could have been a track on this where, um, you know, and, and, uh, where, where Biden says like, y- you know what immigrants actually strengthen the country and we do need uh, resources in which to, uh, but, um, we also need to be fair to these people and recognize their humanity, et cetera, et cetera. Um, in, within the context of this, we're not going to get the policy, um, that, uh, that the, the, that, you know, that Donald Trump wants because the Republicans, uh, you know, or Donald Trump, I should say that he'll want when he's president, uh, <laughs> because he doesn't want uh, Biden to have any type of like success on this and be perceived as having done anything. Um, that's the thing. Even Trump knows that even if Biden was to do what Donald Trump wants, he'll get credit for it. So the opposite is also true. As long as Biden did something and could say the Republicans are standing in the way of this, um, that's all you needed to do. Fortunately, that stuff didn't happen and it didn't completely alienate all, uh, you know, like the people who genuinely care about immigration, um, you know, because you could still hold on hope. Well, maybe, if there is a different, uh, you know, political situation, but um, we went uh, much longer on this other stuff than <laughs> I had anticipated. I thought we were going to talk about how the the sort of uh, the the uh, immu- the impeachment stuff is is blowing up in the face <laughs> of uh, of the Republicans, and uh, this immunity. It is charm. delicious.
6: I have to say that it's the very impeachment fun. stuff is making me so. It, you know, there's so little to be happy about that. That's about you know. That yeah and you hard. know what's
1: what's funny too, is like it's almost as if it's out of a movie, this Alexander Smirnov guy doesn't it sound like a name that if you're coming up with a yes. Russian character in your are in your movie, it's just like it's
6: like oh, Boris it, and Natasha it's right,
1: like <laughs> right, right, <laughs> well, right. It's because it's
0: named its last name is the same as like one of the most it's popular vod- that, yeah. that existed in this country. <laughs> you know for know. decades that's all it used to be like yep. when heather yeah. and i were out drinking that was uh, it back in you those days there was only one nothing. vodka there was no like specialty <laughs> vodkas where people no. realized that this is a commodity we just need to put a different brand <laughs> right, it was right. all smirnoff yeah uh, that was it that's right um that
6: is absolutely correct i drank but, my share
0: well let's just briefly talk about the supreme court thing um yeah. uh, just briefly the Supreme Court has decided it will hear the, uh, the, the 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 case, the question of whether Donald Trump has presidential immunity. Um, I don't know that that in and of itself was absolutely like maybe you do want to hear it, but it seems to me if you're going to do hear that, you should expedite it. Yeah, <laughs> like they've done with many other uh, rulings uh, uh, so far, because this seems like a big one. Right. I mean, this seems like a pretty, <laughs> Just a, little uh, a pretty bit, big yeah, one. Little bit. Um, and they have, it's going to be decided now. I am going to bet it's going to be the last one that we hear. Yeah. And it's going to be in like the first week of July. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess it's going to happen. I don't know off the top of my head what day July 3rd is, but whatever the closest day to the day off the weekday is of uh, July 4th, that's when we're going to hear it. And... um. It's unclear that this case is going to be resolved at that point. We should say the DOJ, um, there is a prohibition policy within the DOJ not to uh, pursue indictments um, in the run-up of an election, but they've already done that. This is in the court's hands. And my understanding is that Merrick Garland said like, it's out of our hands. It's up to the court. Um, What, what, like, aside from the fact that like, we know who the Supreme court is, has it had any other sort of like influence and and, and it's going to have an impact on the election on on one way or another, you're not, you're going to have these sort of like um, unresolved questions about the, uh, the, the president's um, uh, you know, criminality, I guess. Um, But has it done anything else? Like, I mean, has it changed anybody's perspective on the Supreme court? I mean, is it,
6: no. And, uh, you know, look, I got my, my law degree from, you know, Law and Order SVU. So take what I say with a grain of salt. But I do, my, my guess is what's going to happen is exactly as you say, it'll come through on the last day of the of the court term, uh, which will be the first part of July, first of July. And what it will do is they're going to say, well, we've decided that there are some situations where a president should have Uh, some kind of immunity for official acts. And we're going to send this back down to the trial court to decide whether or not what Donald Trump did qualifies under that, at which point Judge Chutkin will, you know, she may she may even have a, you know, a a decision prepared. I would if I were her. Um, But then it will be appealed and it'll go back up to the appellate court and then then they'll do it. And then the Supreme Court will do it again. All of this is going to take place after Meaning that the trial has virtually no chance of happening before the election. As to whether or not it changes anybody's mind, you know, I don't know. These people in the in, in polls say if he's a convicted felon, I will not vote for him. He might be a convicted felon. There's a trial going on in New York, you know, in what, a month? I mean, it's the, the Hush Money case. Right. He might be a convicted felon. He's not going to go to jail for that. I mean, it'll probably be a fine and, you know, I don't know what some kind of probation or something, but he's probably not going to go, but he will be a convicted felon if they convict him on that case. But I just have never believed that that was, you know, why, you know, what is being convicted really tell you? Because that, you know, Donald Trump will come out and say the jury was a bunch of, you know, right. bunch of, you know, what, You know, and they're a bunch of liberals and it was all rigged. And most of his followers will believe that because they believe anything, apparently, anything that he says. So I don't know that it changed anything. It was, you know, it's depressing to think that the Supreme Court would do this. But, you know, on the other hand, you and I remember, Sam, uh... 2000 when everybody said that the supreme court would never interfere with an election yep. they would yep. not you know yep. this is out of their hands it's not a federal situation the states have to do it and the congress has to do it and the supreme court has nothing to do with this and we know what they did and once and that, that
0: happened, court and that court was supposedly far more uh, you know sort of reasonable
6: Yeah. And, you know, I mean, and it was as partisan as it gets. It was a partisan breakdown. You had Sandra Day O'Connor, the great moderate who we all, you know, worshipped because she was, you know, the one who kept the balance on the court. She was at a party going, this is terrible, marching in and out because the the Florida Supreme Court had asked judges in Florida to do the recount. I mean, I'm not kidding. No, most people don't remember that. The recount was being done by actual judges. It wasn't even done by people, you know, some, you know, I mean, they actually, and they were sitting there in their robes, counting the the ballots, and John Bolton ran in and said, stop the count. I mean, that was the craziness that happened as a result of the Supreme Court doing this. And from that point on, I realized, you know, once the court, you know, the court is just another political, you know, branch, just like any other. And it's horrifying that they have a lifetime uh, appointment and basically there's no recourse when whatever they say. And that's what they're doing now. And I won't be surprised if they say presidents do have immunity, except in cases where we say they don't. I mean, I really wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> just, you know, it depends on whether they're a Republican. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is this is hard. So, you know, I let's just put it this way. They're, the court's not going to save us.
0: Right. I, about I agree Miller. with
6: that. And, you know, everybody just better wrap their minds around it. This is kind of a nice sideshow. I'm enjoying the impeachment thing with Hunter, as you said, Emma. That's, you know, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, the cases are fascinating because Donald Trump is a corrupt, you know, criminal monster. And, you know, that's a fascinating thing to observe. But it basically has nothing to do with whether or not we're going to, you know, completely turn ourselves into an authoritarian Christian nationalist hellhole. Yeah. <laughs> and On there that note, have- Heather. <laughs> 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 Always a pleasure. Yeah, I know. I'm such an upper on a Friday Friday afternoon. It's hard to be. It's hard <laughs> it's to hard have. These days. It really stage, is. This is yeah. tough. This is tough. Tough, tough, tough. Yeah. Yeah. Heather
0: Parton, folks can uh, read you uh, twice a week at <laughs> Salon, right? It's twice? And, yeah, three uh,
6: times. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Oh, three we times. Read and,
0: yep. um, and, of course, uh, more or less daily at Hullabaloo. Uh, @digby'sblog.blogspot.com. Uh thanks so much for joining us.
6: Thanks for having me. It was fun, even though it was not fun. Exactly. <laughs>
0: you know? All, as always. <laughs> All,
6: right. All, All right. right, talk to you Bye-bye. guys later.
7: Yeah. I think Bye we Heather. had like
0: I feel like uh, uh we've had uh, Heather and I probably have had, you know, like a couple of weeks uh over the course of the God knows how many years now it's been that we have um i'm doing that that we have uh talked where it um where it was actually genuinely just fun fun right right not not a mix of of fun and can you uh, remember horror.
1: when that was I,
0: I feel like right after they passed the american rescue act there was a lot of like um there was a lot of uh, uh hope. For mm-hmm. like, a, I feel like two months. And then he yeah. started opening the door to the Republicans and then it was like, mm-hmm. e- okay.
1: Yeah, right. That's uh,
8: right.
0: Uh, rough. Very rough.
8: Yeah.
0: Um, all right. Uh, let's head into the uh, fun half. Folks, uh, just wanted to give you an update on the uh, GoFundMe that uh, 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 Emma hosted uh, Muhammad yesterday, uh, who is the uncle of uh, the, the family. Is that right? And yeah
1: well it's his it, ten, 10 family members um his sister uh, uh, some of his family members i'm sorry i'm not i don't have it off the top of my head but his niece is one of them include the the family members and she has down syndrome
0: right and um there he's he's trying to basically smuggle them out of gaza we had spoken to i think it was uh, uh you know one of the doctors that we had spoken to uh, had said that there's like basically like a $10,000 per person type of situation, uh, to, to get people out of, uh, of Gaza. And, um,
1: We're getting and, so close to that 60,000 euro goal. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. folks can check it out. We'll put the link uh, in there. Uh, again, really getting close. Um, and you know, it, it's, I don't know. There's so much suffering there, um, that it is, you know, hard to, um, but it's hard to, to wrap your heads around and, um, uh, you know, uh, you donate money, uh, to aid organizations and, and whatnot. And really the issue there is like how, uh, the aid getting in, you know, yeah. like you said, the, we've had multiple guests who have told us of like the hundreds of trucks, uh, just lined up, uh, you know, outside of, uh, Rafa or, um, you, you know, where Israeli uh, protesters are uh, basically having parties in front of uh, aid trucks so that they can't go in. And uh, the Israeli military, of course, uh, you know, and saying that's fine with us. Um, but this is an opportunity to help one family. Um, and it I don't know. For me, it's a nice feeling that like the, with all the sort of like frustration about Seeing this horror show and feeling, you know, having a, a a limited ability to do anything materially for anybody there, it's it's helpful. So,
2: um and just a just a little more context on Muhammad with his niece Afaf. He says in the body of the GoFundMe description that the the bombing and the violence is extremely extremely sensorily disruptive to someone who has down syndrome so yes. it's as much as it obviously is harrowing for everyone involved it's doubly so for someone with a developmental disability like that and um he also has to- has told us that um you know he told me at least, or in the in the description of the GoFundMe as well, that this money is also being distributed to other people as well who also need aid. Because, in his words, Gazans help Gazans, and um, right. Uh, we, this was at around 30, 31,000 euros yesterday, and now it is at around forty six thousand. Yeah, so, folks have been really great. Thank you so much. Um, hey, Mohammed was messaging with me on WhatsApp and expressed his sincere sincere gratitude and uh, right. um for all of the help and all of the uh, awareness being um, raised for this.
0: All right, I um, guess we're going to uh, take a break and head into the, uh, head into the fun
1: half. Sounds good.
0: Um, Emma, what's happening on ESVN this week?
1: Yeah, we're, you know, slower time, but still always uh, things moving like the uh, EA Sports now because NIL is legal, name, image, and likeness for college football. They are able to put players' names and use their likeness for the game but how much money are they offering the players? It's a disgustingly low amount. We talked about the labor issues surrounding that. Um, we also talked about Doc Rivers and what the, the, the drama going on with the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, more and more other thing, more other things, other things as well. Uh, YouTube.com slash ESPN show.
0: Um, left reckoning, Matt is um, at Griscom's wedding right now.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't nice. know if
0: the wedding's happening right now. This weekend Yes, so who knows what they're going to be putting out? I would check out their channel though for live streams and there's yeah. the, the, the the I feel like the chances of somebody um, inebriated in that wedding party uh, doing a live stream's got to be high i yeah. mean I, I wouldn't I would hope Griscom wouldn't do it i mean he's
1: he's got to be busy yeah,
0: I would hope but who knows uh folks uh, can check out the, the left reckoning. A YouTube channel. Also, uh, very, very important that, um, with the upcoming elections that you get out the void. Uh,
1: I can't believe. So can you take me through your thought process of making this into a t-shirt? Cause we often will say like,
0: I know, I don't like, know. Let's make this I don't, a t-shirt. I don't, people should understand. Like the way that that happens is really just, it's just a, a function of like, um, of for some reason julie responded to that one as opposed to any of the other ideas and i'm I, like okay I love do that it. i love that i know, like it, the, the whole thing was that they were really uh you know, excited that it, 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 I can't remember who it was that uh, Charlie Kirk, I think, was saying, like, uh, Jack
2: Posobiak <laughs> who said it it. Jack, Posobiec. Yeah, oh,
0: Jack yeah. <laughs> same difference, really. Like, <laughs> oh, they've got, uh, they think they have all these uh, Taylor Swift. celebrities. We've got uh, Ju- new John Voight. <laughs> yep, yep. And then somebody I am to get the Voight out.
1: No, I remember, I remember how it happened, but like, we will have stupid little jokes like that and we'll say, let's make that into a t shirt. But But this one just like, so I guess, I my answer you get you answered it this really tickled Julie's julie heard bone. it and said i yeah. got to get out the void t-shirts and i'm like oh, okay <laughs> it's really it's just so wonderful that I, turnaround was i know so i didn't I,
2: I know i didn't have to but i did buy one because i wanted to support the show and also um i really want to get out the void t-shirt
1: <laughs> <laughs> i want one too but i'm not paying for it it's yeah.
0: so it's so it's i mean it's it is like one of those things it's so obscure yeah that um uh, but it's on. Also, we got left as best is on there, and that's that's also pretty obscure.
1: People have been asking when the M majority report t shirts are going to come back up. Uh, up there? Oh, really? Are we, are we run out? Yeah, I'll talk to Julie about that. We got maybe. Julie we'll... should
0: have made some like uh, versions, like uh, those. Uh, you know, should have done like the M of majority report. Get out the void.
1: I know. Well, I mean, that might be a little, might be a little dense, uh, Sam.
0: Putting a hat on a hat as they yep, call exactly. it.
1: Yep, <laughs> exactly. But I want to do, uh, yeah, I'll talk to Julie about it because I want to do it in like just white and, and, or like different right. colors this time if we do have majority. So, um,
0: also folks, don't forget justcoffee.coop, fair trade coffee, tea or chocolate. Use the coupon code majority, get 10% off. And again, cedar seeds, cedar seeds. Um, if you, um, If you took some pictures of your seedlings last year that you grew with your Cedar Seeds, send an email to hello at cedarsseeds.com. We will put a uh, link to that in the um, uh, descriptions and uh, send some photos. Maybe you'll you'll be chosen to get some free seeds. Um, All right, folks. See you in the fun half. You right. are in for it. All right, folks, Six four six two five seven thirty nine twenty. See you in
3: the fun. Oh, no. Oh, no. Are you ready? Oh, yeah.
7: Wait, who sent us
4: this? Oh. <laughs> alpha males are back. Back, 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 back. Boy, back. And the alpha males are back. Back. Just as delicious as you could imagine. The alpha males are back, 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 back. For you back, and the alpha males are back, 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 back. Just wanna degrade the white man. The white... Alpha males are back,
9: back. I take all of it to my throne.
4: Alpha males are back, 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 back. Snowflake says what? The alpha what? males are back, 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 back. You are a madman. And the alpha males are back.
10: Oh no, Sam Cedar, what
0: a, whoa, what a fucking nightmare. A nightmare. Oh, bring back. <inaudible> yeah, or a couple of them, just put them in rotation.
8: DJ
10: Danner. Well, the problem with those is they're like 45 seconds long, so I don't know if they're enough for the breaks That's fucking nonsense. see, white people doing drugs, that look
4: worse than normal white people, and all white people look disgusting. And the alpha males are psyched. them. Fuck them. Fuck Snoflex says what? What 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 says what? A hell of a lot of bucks. A hell of a lot of bucks. A hell of a lot of bucks. Okay. I'm making stupid money. A hell of a lot of bucks.
3: A hell of a lot of bucks.
8: All lives matter. <laughs> Have you tried doing an impression on a college campus? I,
4: I think that there's no reason why reasonable people across the divide can't all agree with this. Psych! And the alpha males are back, 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 back. And the Africans are black, 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 African. And the alpha males are black, 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 black. And the Africans are back. Back back back. Back, back, back,
7: back, When you see Donald Trump out there, doesn't a little part of you
4: think that America deserves to be taken over by jihadists? Keep it at 100. Can't knock the hustle. Come on, fuck them, fuck em. Things I do for the bigger game plan. By the way, it's my birthday. my birthday. My birthday. Happy birthday to me, Jew boy. I have a thought experiment for you. And the alpha males are back, back. Africans are black, black, alpha males are black, black Africans are black, black. <laughs> Come <funny>. on!
9: <off. laughs> Come on! Come on! Someone needs to pay the price for blasphemy to be around here. I, I. I am a total pussy, total, pussy, 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 pussy.
6: We are back,
0: Sam Cedar, Emma Viglin. Fun half, majority report Friday. Maddie Moron on the IM. Just want to give a huge shout out to the MR Discord as well as the channels for True Anon, the Ant, uh, Antifada, and Mark's Madness. And all the comrades on my Twitter and Facebook for raising almost $300 in the span of maybe an hour to get my mom's lights turned back on yesterday. I found out yesterday after work on my way to the plasma center that my mom had not had electricity for three days without telling anyone. Jeez. Oh. And of course I was flat broke because I had just paid all my end of month stuff. By the time I finished donating, we'd raised all the money tremendously humbled and grateful that the comrades can help my family amidst so much suffering, love and solidarity. Uh, great Maddie. I'm glad that happened. Um, Deglow lefty, Sam, Jose, not a J did a, Review of Lady Ballers. When is Mr. going to do one? If you do, I might. I suggest doing it Mystery Science Three Thousand style, with your guys' silhouettes at the bottom of the screen. Sure. Uh, Zane, first Mr. fan to spot my Get Out the Void shirt at a Timberwolves game, wins a free hot dog. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um. Ramona, I'm, I just bought a "Get Out the Void" shirt, and I'm looking forward to telling dozens of confused people that it wouldn't be worth the explanation. So, thank you.
1: It's a conversation starter.
0: Um, unilateral ceasefire. Sam, are you going to watch cover Benny Morris unleashing destiny on Norma Finkelstein on Lex Friedman podcast? I, I uh, has it happened horrible.
1: already. <laughs> sounds horrible i don't know about that
0: i'd be curious to see that uh no uh, really what did it happen already
2: I'll, I'll, let me see I'll, I'll double check here
0: uh noah from tampa sam what's your opinion on citrus trees i don't have one I'm in zone 5 i'm not gonna there's no citrus tree there's no mm. i don't i don't do citrus tree <clears throat> um all right let's do um number 10 here um, which one should we do the 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 10 uh what's the uh best one? i would this impeachment stuff is so funny to me
8: yeah, yeah we,
2: let's we, let's start with 10 and then we can go to um 13 or 14 um in the in g chats okay all right great but yeah let's let's start with james comer i think it's the... <laughs> okay <laughs> all right here
0: is uh james comer um He is, uh, there's a reporter asking um, uh, James Comer, this is after the um, Hunter Biden's closed door testimony, which apparently did not go as well as they had hoped it would. I mean, the whole plan to have Hunter Biden there was to be able to uh, lie about his testimony. But I think one of the problems they ended up having was that um, their whole $5 million thing fell apart in the interim.
1: And also I think, Seems like Hunter Biden also had a strategy because they were going to hold him in contempt if he didn't do the closed door one that he was going to have. Like he was going to get out ahead of the story. And there was a piece, I think it was in The Washington Post yesterday, that was more flattering to Hunter Biden in terms of like, this is what he said. This was his explanation. So I think there was a media strategy that he that he got in place before testifying as well.
0: Without a doubt. All right, uh, uh Bradley, let's play this first one with Comer here.
9: What we've said over and over and over, Joe Biden took $200,000 directly from AmeriCorps Health.
3: Through
9: what? He was a private
11: citizen at the time of the $200,000 check. Was he not?
9: The... The four hundred, the forty thousand dollars. So it's okay. So, 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 do you have a problem that Joe Biden's lied about this? Do you have a problem that that Americorps I mean, helped put investors? I'm
10: asking you, what specific action did he take as a public
7: official, an elected public official?
9: Well, with, with the yeah, with the, with the with the with the that yeah, Okay, first, hey, calm heard. down, calm down. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. All the angry liberals that watch
6: your say they'll, they'll be all right, Okay. all right.
1: Will you be all right, though? Will you be all right? Because <laughs> There's no,
0: I mean, it's interesting. What, what's interesting about this is that, like, the virulence that the press is now coming after these guys because uh, they don't have anything. And the press had been gearing up for this for a long time, and they'd be kept getting promised like all of these sort of like juicy stories. And I think they're, I think they're pissed. I think they're, they're annoyed by it. I mean, here is, um, here is Newsmax. This is Newsmax, folks. Yep. Their job is to create conspiracy theories and to spin yarns on the slightest thread uh, of, of actual information. And when, you, when Newsmax is saying, like, not giving us much to run with, then you know you've got a problem here is Rob Finnerty on Newsmax with Representative Greg Stube. Is it Stube? Yeah,
2: yeah StuBe. <laughs> Stubey. Oh, stube. A little Stubey. I, I
11: just don't know how much longer this investigation can, can go on without bearing some fruit. Now, I think that there are Republicans in the House that would like to see, hey, Hunter might be in the courtroom at the same time that Donald Trump is in the courtroom if that happens over the summer. And that would be hugely embarrassing for the White House. Have you had any conversations with our new House Speaker, Mike Johnson, or James Comer, or Jim Jordan about moving the ball down the field here? Because every time I have a member of Congress on, and I, I understand, I hear you, but they say the exact same thing you just said.
12: Uh, My conversations with Comer is he wants to move this forward.
0: I have not had direct conversations with Speaker Johnson on this. I think the leadership's challenge is if we bring this to the floor, let's say we bring the impeachment of Joe Biden to the floor tomorrow, do we have the Republican votes to get it across the finish line? We couldn't even get Mayorkas impeached uh, the first time we tried. And then we had to wait for Scalise to be able to come up from cancer treatments to be able to give us that one vote because we had three Republicans who voted against impeaching Mayorkas. I I don't understand that. So I think the leadership's concern and challenges
12: if we bring it to the floor are there going to be enough votes to move it forward and if not we're going to waste a lot of floor time and get quote-unquote embarrassed because we're not going to be able to pass it but i think
0: quote-unquote quote-unquote but the amazing thing is he's talking about the vote when the guy was actually asking like is there anything in this investigation
1: because it's kind of immaterial to them, right? It's obviously just the political uh, totally. value that it and provides. they can't
0: even do that. It's that vacuous. Like, they impeached Mayorkas for nothing. L- literally, yeah. there was no charge. Uh, I don't even think the Senate's going to, like, even bother with it because and I don't think you're going to hear a single Republican complain about that. And they... they They would do the same with Joe Biden, but it's so empty of any actual evidence that they can't get there. Here is. And and this is why, like. Even on Newsmax, that's the amazing thing, but um,
1: we need some we need some actual meat here. We can't keep this going like Comer can barely keep it going. He has to he has to go after the reporter and call him a liberal hysterical liberal.
0: I also want to uh cite this guy Boris Sanchez and uh give him uh a, you know some credit for actually having to dig into this stuff because god I haven't been able to to go this deep into it where he just completely embarrasses representative Tim Burkett uh because uh, apparently uh Sanchez knows more about what Burkett's talking about than Burkett does and man Six. it's like it's like yeah. one of those people whose job it was to follow a uh, anon like god
1: sanchez also did uh, the the great coverage of um the the uh, what was it? aaron um, bushnell as well so good job yeah. cnn this guy seems kind of decent
11: <laughs> so i'll go back to my question how much money specifically are you alleging that vice president joe biden made off of his son's business dealings when he was in the White House,
12: I don't know. But if it's a dollar, he, he's lied about it. And you got to ask, what was the influence there? What is positive the brand? The brand is.
0: I don't know. But if it's a dollar, he's lied about it. So in other words, he <laughs> said the president has said, I did not make any money as vice president off of my son's business. And uh, Burkitt's response is, well, if that's not true, then he's lying. That's the evidence. Go ahead
11: feelings when he was in the White House.
12: I don't know, but if it's a dollar, he, he's lied about it. And you got to ask, what was the but, influence there? What is the brand? The brand is the Biden family. The brand is they're not selling a service. They're not selling a product. They're not. He has no qualifications for this. The only reason he was there because he was Joe Biden's son or he was Joe Biden's brother. And that money flowed through. I mean, they, the money you you followed it and it flowed even to to minor children in the family now know what qualifications do they have no come on I know you're CNN but the reality oh, is sir you, you don't can't make this, look at don't this make money this about the let's, let's make this. this
11: about the facts sir no, let's make you, you, this about the facts you, you, well because this you're is again, the facts you're, you're you cannot again,
12: make this you, you're again, you, again making you, you, an assertion You keep saying the money down you keep saying the money then you say well only five million well does that make it okay then but 20 no, sir, million sir, dollars there, there is sir, a huge distinction pardon me sir there a
11: huge distinction there's a huge distinction between whether it's appropriate for the family of a president to make money off of his name and whether that's ethical. But the question is specifically about what Joe Biden did when he was in office in vice president, whether he abused his power or whether he enriched his family members. And right now, there is zero evidence coming from the Oversight Committee that when he was vice president, he did either of those things.
12: There's $20 million that flowed through. You saw these accounts. <laughs> That's incorrect, sir. The after, bank records after, don't reflect after, that. No, sir. You're, they they you're, don't specifically
11: you're not, say, I looked at the story. bank records. They don't say that Joe Biden oh, yeah. got any money from them. Have you read the bank records? Because they speak, don't list Joe you Biden's just, name. I'm not going to let, you, I'm not gonna gonna you, let talked, you say things that are, are untrue, sir.
12: So, sir, the, the truth is, is that $20 million flowed through this, this family, whichever way it went. There's no records of, of sir, taxes being paid. Statutes against, have run, and you're again, you're saying that that is okay. Again, that is a is talking okay. point that you repeated. What was the product? What's in the bank
11: records, sir? What's in the bank what records is that is fifteen that this... million dollars of that money never even went to the Biden family. The other five million, there is zero, exactly zero and where, did that, where did that, 15 that it went million to Joe Biden. To? Where did that?
1: That that five million, like I was, they're conflating that with I think like a separate corruption accusation re- involving Burisma, where it's like the same exact figure that they're using when it has no connection to the Bidens whatsoever. That was a separate corruption issue within Ukraine, and then like what Comer was referencing at the beginning there too, the the two hundred thousand dollar check that they're they're talking about, that again it's a loan it's labeled as a loan to his brother and his brother begins to pay him back and like that was also not even when he was president it was when he was or vice president it was when he was a private citizen giving a loan to his brother but the money's flowing to even the kids what do they have to do with it like family a wealthy political family is giving children and relatives money and loaning money Whoa! Whoa, yes. buddy! Uh, who could have Holy imagined? crap! I mean, who this is like—it's a banana republic, basically.
0: Um,
1: Ridiculous.
0: Do we should we play that second? We don't need to play that second uh, part. Let's get into the. Uh, um, let's get into the uh, 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 Chyračik. Yes.
1: So yeah, we we held off on covering this a bit because I think Sam and I wanted to do a little bit of a deeper dive into this really incredible interview in so many ways like they're seemingly on the side of the road at some cafe in los angeles uh taylor lorenz no
0: these guys now i i gotta be honest like i have not followed i've only sort of like peripherally been aware of taylor lorenz she was at the times and then she left
1: i think she was at the washington post yeah the
0: washington post
1: Yeah, and she writes like a lot about right wing online misinformation and I think tech and things like that and and the influencer economy on the right. And so they really, really don't like her. She's also very covid conscious and they also mock her for that. And she has faced a ton of harassment from the right, including a uh, when she spoke about her experiences of being targeted personally by the right wing she cried in an interview speaking about it and you will see on chaya reichick's body that she is wearing a t-shirt with a photo showing up to this interview with taylor lorenz to really get her with a right. photo of uh, her crying on it so i don't even know how why chaya agreed to this how this happened but there's like well, what's striking is there's nothing up here. There's, well, that's
0: what I was going to say. I think yes. if you have a question as to why she agreed to this, it's because she's not bright. No. She's um, not bright.
1: No. It, right. And that becomes like clear from the jump here. Which um, one do you
0: want to start with? The um, uh, Let's
1: start with the great replacement theory part because Taylor okay. just specifically asked her, and again, for people that don't realize who this person is, Chai Reichich was at one point an anonymous uh, online troll and uh scotastic scotastic i can never say it terrorist (laughs) um basically targeting hate behind the libs of tiktok account towards trans and queer and gay people throughout the country and then she ended up revealing herself she maybe did a little bit of ozempic she curled her hair a bit and now she's trying to be a celebrity but she has a negative charisma like it's almost like watching it's not even like eating a saltine cracker it's like staring at one okay um i really don't like her so anyway taylor asks her here about the great replacement theory oh
13: ideology ideology minor, but they allow 18-year-olds. Yeah, yeah. which has, you know, 18-year-olds okay, so, you are an adult. But let's just get back to the Great Replacement stuff, because I'm curious, what are your thoughts on that whole ideology? I mean, how many... There,
14: there, there, were, there were times that um, there were some months over the past three years that there were more illegals coming into our border than children being born in the U.S. Is that not... Does that not look like they're trying to replace us? I guess, uh, sort of imagine America in a whole as new a, a melting pot. Isn't that sort of what America was founded on? No, but on? They're, they're actually bringing
13: in more people than are actually being born. So I guess if you, it sounds like you sort of do ascribe to this theory of the great replacement. Um, how does that make I just look feel- at the facts and the numbers. Well, so, I mean, just let's give a corollary, right? A lot of Jewish people fled, you know, Europe came over here also as immigrants. Um, and there's a lot of criticism towards Jewish people in those movements, in those far right movements. So I'm just wondering, as a Jewish woman, sort of how you feel about that and your role in cultivating this fan base that might think of you as an as a as a minority, an outsider. Uh,
14: not all cultures are equal. Yeah. So I know you have a lot of concerns uh, pause it
0: for about education. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would like to have heard more about that.
1: Yeah. Not all cultures are equal. She says a little bit more uh, after that, but also does Taylor bring up the fact that the Great Replacement theory is also an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory? Because of course, it is. The because idea
0: the they that is bringing all these people in are the Jews.
1: Yep, because who... they can't. They don't think bra- like Latino or Black people or immigrants from the global South are sophisticated enough to to pull this off.
0: I wonder, like when Chaya Rychek's um ancestors were um pioneers back in the day when they were uh, uh fighting uh, native americans for land uh i wonder i wonder uh, what uh what her, her her ancestors were doing i mean basically she gives the answer there right when she's saying i mean um some cultures are are better than others the issue isn't that they are replacing us it's that we are supreme over them, and yep. they're, uh, they are dirtying our genetic. Um, and she uh, funnily thinks that she's part of that uh, as, uh, as, as a Jew. But go ahead. Yeah.
13: Yeah. So I know you have a lot of concerns about educational materials and books, library books and things, um, especially... They're importing people who want to
14: destroy America and who who want to who come here and and do not stand for what America stands for. So and I think and we see it. there's time after time after time after time. They come in, they're destroying our cities, they bring crime with them, and they, they are bringing them in to replace us. And yes. um, Pause yeah, it for I one second. Again,
0: from- I just want to just like uh, the fact that uh, uh, immigrants do not commit more crime than uh, American-born uh, citizens. Um, a. B. Who is the they?
1: Right. Who is the they, right? Who is
0: the they and who is the us?
1: Yes. Right. I mean, she's just a fascist and you can kind of see how right now, like the anti-trans movement and the efforts to control gender and sexuality um are so inextricably linked from far-right fascist ideology um and so like she's even though there's that inherent contradiction on its face of like you are a jewish person and this is an extremely anti-semitic conspiracy (laughs) theory that has been condemned by multiple jewish groups and uh uh and, and, uh, you know, Southern poverty law center or whatever. Like she doesn't see that as a contradiction because it's all about control and dominating people who she feels like are unequal.
0: Is There more on that one.
1: Let's go to the next one okay. then. Yeah. Because then Taylor Lorenz at one point gets kind of more toward the, where, uh, Chaya Reitchick made her name. um, her anti-trans activism, basically. And what she did was uh, picked up on TikToks of trans people, people doing drag shows, teachers who may be gay, and would blast it to her hateful base. It often resulted in firings, harassments, targeting towards those individuals. And so that's what she truly believes. But Taylor kind of asks her about very basic questions surrounding this topic. And as we now know, just by hearing her talk very briefly, like, she doesn't... She has
0: no idea what she's talking about.
1: She's very stupid. You know what this reminds me
0: of? Uh, when Dave Rubin was like, uh, I'm a liberal, but I think we should have limited government yep. and uh, single payer health care. <laughs>
14: right. <Go ahead>. Right. <laughs>
13: You know, if you eradicate transgenderism, which I believe you suggested in a post today. No, I never suggested that. Oh, okay. You reposted a post that was advocating for that. What would happen to the people that have already medically, socially completely transitioned and are leading happy lives? What would happen to them? I mean, what's your plan for, for that? If transgenderism doesn't exist, which it seems like you are that's what you believe, what happens to all the people living happy lives as trans people? Well. It- First of all, the whole
14: trans is it's based on a lie. You can't change your you can't change your gender. Okay, but so they can they could go live their, their their life. I mean, I can't tell someone what to do in their in their house. Sounds like you
13: do want to tell people what to do in their house.
14: I never said that.
13: So you're totally okay with people being trans just not as long as they're in public. No, I never said that.
14: They could it's, the whole thing is based off of a lie, and I think that um, the fa- this lie cannot be mainstream in our in our society. It's just it's a lie.
13: And what harm is it causing? Do you believe? Um, I like the truth. I like truth. Right, but I'm saying what what's the what's the harm of people expressing their gender identity differently than you believe it to be? What what harm are they causing?
14: Um, like I said, we are a, a, um, a nation of truth and I, I, I seek the truth. But that's,
13: but I'm asking about the harm. What's the harm? You might believe it to be false, but what's the, the harm? The
14: harm is that there's a lie that is very mainstream and is being embedded into every institution.
13: I guess I'm wondering what the material harm is. Aside from it's maybe something that you disagree with as in your version of the truth is different than their version of the truth, what is the material harm of them living their life as a woman or man or gender that you don't agree? not
14: anything that's wrong is there a material harm necessarily
13: so there's no harm i
14: didn't say that so
13: can you name oh. a single
14: harm uh the way that it's pushed it's pushed on to kids first of all
13: what's pushed on to kids uh gender
14: ideology transgenderism uh-huh but if they're leading happy lives and they just are leading a different... Well, there are studies that show that they're more suicidal after transition.
13: No, that's not true. Yeah, There's a study out of Sweden. That is not yeah. true. That is not true. Yeah, you can look up the study. Well, no, taking into account all the happy people that have transitioned. What'd you say, Sam?
0: I got the uh, classic. Uh, guys, uh, you, my girlfriend is really. Uh, she lives in Canada. She lives in Sweden. There is a. Right. She's found a Swedish. Um, um, the, Uh, proof that there is uh, there is a study in Sweden that says that uh, none of these people are happy
1: yes Um, Um, well let me just say okay because this just came to mind literally the biggest ever study conducted of Americans trans Americans came out earlier this month or actually it's uh, March now in February biggest ever survey of trans Americans finds 94% happier after transition. And when you say a massive study, it was 92,000 people that were interviewed, which is a significant sample size.
0: Um if she is so uh concerned about the emotional well-being of trans people, maybe she would allow trans people to decide what they want to do. Um but putting that even that aside, we are a country of truth, and that is um, the to in her and her words to uh, believe that you can change your gender, because she says you can't change your gender, and this is going to be important for her next uh, the next clip we play. But she believes that if you you can that a you cannot change your gender, and if you believe that you can change your gender, it's a lie, and the existence of that lie believed by um, uh, a significant number of people in this country, the majority of people, um, then somehow we are all materially harmed by living in a truth society that isn't full of the truth. Meanwhile, I have some questions about how, uh, in her uh, expression of Orthodox uh, Judaism, she can reconcile certain things to me, like the splitting of the Red Sea, uh, that happened when uh, Moses walked uh, across the uh, Red Sea, and um, all of these other things that we find in the Bible that she believes in um, are do, do are we sure that those are truths?
1: She might say that's the case.
0: This whole thing with believing in God—we yeah. have no evidence of that, do we? Hmm. Do I want to live in the truth the society.
1: Truth? I mean, these questions have to be asked, right?
0: It's amazing. Uh, it's amazing, A, that um, how uh, far you can get by just operating a, a TikTok channel. Um, Ramona says it's fun to laugh at her, but it should be noted that Chaya Rychik has caused serious damage. All the bomb threats she has caused are terrifying, as is the fact that she, put on the, she was put on the library committee deciding what books are available in Oklahoma. Where yeah. Next Benedict was just uh uh killed by radicalized anti-trans bigots. I don't know if it's been fully established that that's the case, although they're they're still investigating it and we'll we'll see. But there's certainly reason to believe that that, that was the case. Um here is uh here is Chai Rychek just moments later saying that not only can you not change your gender not only those people who think that you can change your gender are believing into a lie. In fact, none of this exists at all.
13: I'm asking you, why is it that people have to live under your sort of view of gender? And It's wh- not my view, it's science. It's facts. It's biology. But biology, if if we're talking biology, there's a spectrum of gender, there's people that are intersex. That is a very rare medical condition
14: that has nothing to do with someone deciding that they could be the opposite gender.
13: I guess I'm still kind of struggling to understand how you think, if your view, say tomorrow Trump is elected, he says, all right, we're going to all live by Haya's, you know, decisions right what what about all these happy trans people that are living their lives they're not harming anyone what is what harm are they doing by living their life as a woman who've medically transitioned they're they're adults you know i understand you have problems with kids but with adult trans people what what's the harm that they're doing to society to society
14: it's they're they're spreading a lie that is affecting children also Uh uh-huh so you
13: just believe gender is is alive. What if somebody said to Trans, you, you can't change your gender. Uh-huh. And what if somebody said to you, you know, you're not a real woman. You're not a real woman because maybe you don't you don't meet these certain specific definitions of femininity. That's fine. I
14: don't care. They can call me whatever you want.
13: But what if you would be forced to live by that system? Do you think it's fair that you would, you know, be forced? Is that to based live- in like science? Well, I don't think any of it's really based in science. Well, it is. There gender is a sexes. social construct.
14: Well, g- well, gender is actually made up. Exactly. Um, yes, by
13: we agree on that. By, by a child predator,
14: by a pedophile. Uh, we don't agree. Yeah, we so, don't agree on so that. he made up gender, and now they conflate the two, and they use it to, uh, to basically uh, trans kids. Um, so there are actually two sexes.
7: Pause it. And there pause are it. Zeros. Hold on
0: for one second. This is uh, amazing. Mm-hmm. Gender is a social construct. Actually, no, it's made up. It doesn't exist at all. Okay. Uh, so we agree. And it's made up by a child predator. Yeah. Um, th- who is she talking about?
1: I don't know. But I looked up, she, she, she then says there that there's only two sexes, even though Taylor just pointed out that there are intersex people. Um, I looked up the percentage of people in the United States that have intersex traits it's around 1.7 percent of the population that have an intersex trait. Okay, so that's over one percent of the population of the United States. Now, I mean, what is the current population of the United States? Um, three, okay,
0: 330 million people.
1: Yeah. So, okay, like it's the the number. If you're looking at that percentage, right, it's over three million people who have intersex traits in the United States.
7: How oh, many- well over? Well, well over.
1: over, right? I'm I'm being even conservative here. And but my, I'm also covering up how bad I am at math. Um <laughs> yeah. how many people in the United States 13 and over identify as trans? 1.6 million. Oh, I so, think there's
0: probably five times more uh intersex people than there are uh, uh people who identify as trans.
1: So if this is an epidemic, Chaya But you admit that there are intersex people, but it's extremely rare. It's very rare. Actually, intersex traits are more common than the scourge of trans ideology that she's talking about here.
0: And what's also sort of fascinating is that she doesn't seem to understand the difference between gender and sex, or she doesn't want there to be a difference between gender and sex, Um, in which case. Mm -hmm. The, I guess the idea is that like, when you are born with a a vagina or a penis that like from the day that that difference existed, you got a certain pair of pants that you were supposed to wear. Right. Um, it's almost as if like, there was no awareness that human beings existed before maybe, you know. There was a difference between pants and, let's say, dresses and skirts or wh- whatever it is that uh, uh, she thinks connotes this. I mean, what's um, uh, that? I, I, I continue. Go back a little bit so we can hear that because she's really lost here. And it's amazing that someone who has made their entire career a function of this doesn't know even the basic arguments that people would refute her with
13: it is by a pedophile ah. we don't agree yeah so, agree so no, no, he made up gender and go now... back a little bit
1: some of the art of this too is just like how they're both kind of speaking in this faux polite manner that like yes. every woman that i you know in in the world has had other women speak to them like this before Exactly.
14: Um, yes, we agree on this. Who, we by, agree. by a child predator, by a pedophile. Ah, we don't agree. Yeah, we so, don't agree on so he made up gender and now they conflate the two and they use it to, uh, to basically uh, trans kids. Um, so there are actually two sexes and there are zero genders and there are many personalities. That's what I believe. Yeah, okay.
13: Um,
0: there are zero genders. So gender, gender, not only can you not change your gender, genders don't even exist. There
1: are no genders. Apparently. So what about those intersex people that she just literally spoke about? How are they, if she says it's a binary, there are intersex people, and there's no gender, it needs to correlate entirely with your sex. What if you have both both traits? Has, has she has, has the science gotten to her there has she figured out that science yet it it
0: really is impressive how stupid she is um uh but i think you know that is the that has been the point of this from the very beginning this is a right-wing fundamentalist ideology that has fueled all of this and there's a reason why it animates the republican party because the republican party is fundamentalist party that's it end of story
1: and it it really is incredible that like it reminds me of the matt walsh clip from joe rogan where he just did that whole documentary on what is a woman and went across the globe to interview people in africa and and all of that and then joe rogan asks him how many trans kids are in the united states and he's like about a million And the number's in the thousands. Like, the low thousands. And he didn't even think about that one time, even though he just did a whole... He's supposedly a documentary filmmaker steeped in this topic for many months. Chaya Reitchik's entire career is based on hating trans people and hating gay people, and she doesn't know the most basic facts about the topic that she's supposedly so passionate about. It's really bizarre. um, And just, you know, she she thought it was such an own to show up in that shirt with with taylor's face on it and then as soon as she comes completely unprepared she's dismantled and humiliated in front of the world so um i enjoyed that very much and yeah, the that...
2: the the person that she was talking about i was just doing a little cursory research so apparently there was this um new zealand born um sexologist and psychologist named dr john money who who seemingly was like a dabbled in like Pedophilia experiments on children, things like that, and he popularized, or at least was like one of the uh, people in the movement of like describing a, the term gender ideology. But no one says that he founded gender, right. and no he, one says that yeah. he he like he was the creator of gender.
1: There were there were trans clinics like at the at the beginning of the turn of the twentieth century, where this kind of science was beginning to take foot. But um, yeah, it, that makes sense when they single out one creepy individual because the to, to smear trans people is pedophiles but. all
9: right
0: let's read some ims uh wrap things um you know what we have time to take one or two calls one or two calls 646-257-3920. 646-257-3920. Oh, i should also say that um the uh we should link to this that um mm-hmm. I have seen now there is a video I called into the majority report as a Dave Rubin impersonator.
2: (laughs) This was amazing.
0: It is the, uh, YouTube person who's doing this is Rowan R O E N N. And you can find out how this was done. It was, um, it was amazing. Now I, I'm still unclear. I think, I think he was speaking and then must've been going through some live converter, uh, that made it sound like, uh, Dave Rubin. Um, but kudos to him just for like, like I say, he was a little bit uh, more intelligent than Dave Rubin would have been, but, uh, still incredibly impressive. And, Uh, Very, uh, it
2: was funny. I thought he uh, did a good job. That was our big tell, though, is that he was he had a little bit more uh, uh, to say. He had a little bit more going on up there than Dave usually did
3: Mm.
2: (laughs) between those ears.
0: Uh, Disco Asylum. Fun fact I found out about a month ago: the inventor of the chest X-ray for uh, tuberculosis was a trans man, and like Emma just said, this was at the turn of the 20th century. Idiots don't even know the history of the thing they hate yeah um
1: well i mean history would sap them of like the ability to make their claims so it's willful obtusiveness
0: uh dick durbin super fan hey i'm our crew can i get a shofar for ellis our farm dog i usually listen to the show while i'm working here at the farm and ellis is always nearby protecting our chickens ducks and geese he's about 10 years old and has lymphoma we will be putting him to rest this weekend. He has truly been the bestest boy, left his best. I'm really sorry to hear that. I know that's difficult. This goes out to Alice. Uh,
5: to oh. All
0: right, let's go to uh, calling from a 616 area code. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
15: Hi this is jay from uh, West Michigan
0: Jay from West Michigan what's on your mind?
15: um I wanted to call in and talk a little bit about the uh the uh the uncommitted vote and just kind of the age the the uh the gap between generations on that specifically um we were talk- you were talking a little bit Digly about this earlier um so uh a little bit more background like i i, I voted uncommitted the other day. A um, lot of people I know voting uncommitted even people voting for the first time in a primary uh, and it's just I don't know I'm, I'm, I'm just struck by kind of the difference in, in like openness and view, viewpoint or, or viewpoint and openness on, on that issue and just like le- le- the legitimacy of it um, older people I talk to my parents specifically are, are scoffing at the idea and, and now they're Democrats uh, but at the uh, Michigan, it's pretty easy to switch parties, uh, on, on the day of. So both of them were, were quick to be like, oh, we're voting Nikki Haley, uh, try to, try to get someone other than Trump going, which on, on, on its face, I thought was ridiculous. And I, I tried to meet, meet him more than that, but it just doesn't seem like it gets through to that, that generation.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think you will get through to that generation at least in the in the in the short term. I mean, the real value of the uncommitted vote is um is is this narrative that is formed around that it's, you know, uh, Biden's going to lose uh young people. And um and so I, I don't know. I mean, I I I've seen varying uh success rates with uh, older people. Right? I mean, haven't we seen that?
15: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, so uh, some, some anecdotal evidence I could say for seeing some older people engaging with it. Um, I, I was at a, uh, at a uh, poetry event the night of the election this week. And at the end of my uh, time reading, I, I made a call and was like, Hey, everyone, if you haven't voted, there's still like an hour and a half, go go out and do that. Um, but, and a few of the older people in the room were, were a bit receptive to it, but it was like overwhelmingly younger people who are responding to this. And yeah. I guess. Yeah.
0: I, I just think that the younger, I mean, look, the younger cohort of people are just more, their, their political engagement is, um, is broader in some respects, you know, like, I, I like, uh, I, I don't know how best to describe this. I appreciate the call, but I think that, like, I mean, look, I, I to me, I compare it to um, the Iraq War. Um, the, I mean, I think like there is, um, and you know, I saw a tweet that uh, Chris Hayes uh, wrote, uh, and, and Digby actually, I think, uh, I think uh, reposted that was something to the effect of like, as I get into uh, middle age, and I am older than that. Um, as I get into middle age, uh, I realize that, um, as bad as some of these, uh, people are, there can be worse people that follow them, uh, in the context of, of Mitch McConnell. And we look at, you know, like th- this is, you know, George Bush. I mean, I, um, uh, and there is a certain amount of like a cohort of, of older people who are like, you know we understand the the potential downsides and dangers associated with this but presumably they existed you know during the the, the bush years too the, even the younger people during the bush years and the run up to the war now we had a million people who go out onto the streets and uh, and protest the, the iraq war and did that a couple of times um uh you know major major ones but broadly speaking um i just don't think the younger generation was as politicized and was aware of things. Maybe that's a function of, of like uh, social media and maybe it's a function of having a certain amount of distance from the cold war. And there was no uh, sort of like stigma associated with being socialist or, or something to that effect. I mean, I've mentioned this on the show many times when I was on air America in 2004, we'd have callers who would just call in and go, you're a liberal. And I would say, and, and it was, and I would say, actually, you know, I'm actually to the left of that, I think. And they would just be like, you just admitted it. Yeah. On radio. And I'm like, yes. And like, this is, and, and their expectation that I wouldn't admit it didn't come out of nowhere. That was the sort of environment that we were in. Um, and, and, You know, uh, Michael Dukakis was afraid of saying that he was a liberal because he was perceived as too far to the left. And which is just an absurd concept for people to sort of like wrap their heads around if you're under the age of, I don't know, 35 or 40.
1: But it's so crazy, though, Sam, because I remember it a little bit when I was, you know, still kind of a politically active kid, tween coming into teenage years during the Bush era and i said i was a liberal and i w- remember getting red faced cuz people would be like oh like really even in new jersey or whatever sorry go on
0: <laughs> yeah but no that's the point is that yeah. um uh, you know i think there's uh, there has been a big generational change in the understanding of politics and you know i've said this many times before i feel like if we can get through the next 10 or 15 years which i don't think is a guarantee <laughs> frankly <laughs> Um, I think this, this country is going to be in much better, uh, position to have some type of like genuine, um, if not radical change, dramatic change. Um, but we'll see. Um, uh, Mia pink, I'm 49. My brother's 47. Mom is now 70 plus plus we are all voting uncommitted on super Tuesday. Sweet, glad to hear it. Um, that of course is not the sort of you know age is not the uh you know it's an indicator. It doesn't guarantee. It's not destiny. Let's put it that way. All right, final. Let me have more time. Calling from a seven eight one area code. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
10: Hello. Wow. Finally, I'm actually getting through. This is amazing. Um. I'm calling from New York, but uh, I'd rather stay anonymous, given kind of the sensitive nature uh, of what I'm talking about. Um, right, Should so we just say give you a name,
0: all? a fake uh, fake name? How about that?
10: Yeah, we you, we can. I can be fake name anonymous, Keith. How about that?
0: Okay, fake name um, Keith. Calling from New so, York,
1: supposedly.
10: Yeah, supposedly we don't, I could be calling from Massachusetts. Is a mass number. But uh, I remember a couple weeks ago, you guys were talking about uh, that Greg Gutfeld video where he was talking specifically about how weak and feminine uh, millennial men are. Well, uh, I just want to say that uh, this is my opinion and not uh, the opinion of uh, Majority Report. But uh, I happen to go to the same diner as Greg Gutfeld. It's in the 30s in New York. I'm not going to out him and say exactly what it is. But uh, well, first of all, it's a Ukrainian diner, which I think is fascinating uh, given his politics. But uh, I have never, ever, ever once, ever, and I, he's, he always goes at night around 8 o'clock. I don't know if the, his show is taped, so he's either going before taping or after whatever. But I've never seen him with a woman, ever. And he, I think he specifically called uh, millennial men pajama boys. I've seen this guy in his pajamas at night in New York City. Weird. And uh, the the final thing I want to say that's maybe the most damning, and he, he hangs out with these like these weird kind of old like surfer dudes, like these guys with kind of like long hair. Mm-hmm. It's really odd. But the the, the one thing I do want to say is um, this diner in the '30s in Manhattan has a really kind of interesting bathroom setup. It doesn't have two bathrooms with kind of multiple stalls inside. It has several private bathrooms. So I feel like, I don't know, maybe there are conclusions to be drawn from that, but anyway, love you guys. Love the show. All
1: right. Appreciate All right. the call. Strange, Bye. but uh, fair enough. Very interesting. I mean, there's a, there's like a few, I think he's talking about the Ukrainian diner in Midtown, which I think I've been to, but I don't want to give away Gutfeld's the assassination, assassination coordinates.
2: coordinates. No doxing. You'll get suspended. <laughs> All
0: right. The, um... More than likely the final call of the day. Calling from a 412 area code. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, I think it's Weston from Pittsburgh. Weston from Pittsburgh. What's on your mind?
7: Yeah, hi. Um, so I, I wanted to call in uh, I, to share some thoughts on uh, voting and elections and feelings, if you will. Um, I'm actually, just for some context, I'm actually, I I kind of checked out from um, from all of my media consumption after October 6th. And um, so I'm actually uh, responding to um, a call that you guys took uh, maybe a month ago, um, or at least in part I'm responding to um, a caller from Tennessee who called in. And um, this is a a young caller uh, who was not going to get to vote in the primary and was going to vote in the general election. Of course, he went through... Um, a whole uh, discussion of, you know, voting for the the lesser of two evils because he was, you know, concerned about he was. I, I think his question was, you know, oh, should I vote for, um, for, um, you know, a third party candidate um, in the in the presidential election in the general election? And um, I just, you know, I I kind of wanted to share some of my own perspective. I'm I'm calling from uh, Pittsburgh. I think I said so. I'm, in Pennsylvania and I vote here. Um, and you know, I would say to someone in Tennessee, you know, um, if you want to vote for Cornell West and, and this is the way your feelings, you know, guide you go for it. You're in Tennessee. It's not going to make any difference to the results of the election. So the, right. the lesser of two right. equals calculation doesn't, doesn't exactly apply in that situation. Um, and, um, yeah, I
0: mean, so I, I think am, uh, I think that's sort of, no. I, I, I think that is a uh, dude. You, you got it on your phone. Uh,
1: we can hear Sam. Echoing All right. Back.
0: Well, well, I'm just going to take your call off. Uh, I, we're going to let you go and okay, answer your call. That's okay. Um, but I think you know when we talk about this, and I and I you know we usually preface it if you're in a, uh, a a safe blue seat uh, state rather or a you know decidedly red state um, the the implications of voting third party or not voting um, are obviously much less I mean I do think that there is an argument that um, we're going to see uh, that um, that uh, Donald Trump is going to attempt to, you know, question the outcome of uh, this election like he did the last one. And certainly in the last one, I sort of felt like uh, more strongly, I think, than I do now in terms of how necessary it was uh, or how um, helpful it would be that there was an argument that, you know, if if Biden pulls it out with the same margin that Trump uh, pulled it out in 2016, in terms of the electoral um, uh, votes, or rather like the the votes in states that made up the electoral win that there would be value in having uh biden's popular um vote tally crush uh trump so that it you'd have more of an argument as to um as to you know the validity of that election i i i think you know if trump loses even closely i think that there is enough of a an awareness in the country that they're not going to listen to his saying, this is not, I mean, his voters are, but broadly speaking, I don't think that the sort of like apparatus of the country is going to be like, well, you know, uh, Biden only won by a million votes or 2 million votes. But I think, I think Biden's going to win by the popular vote by probably more than he did even maybe last time. But, um, it's in these swing states that may be more problematic. I mean, I think the reason why I I suggested it might win by more votes than last time is because um, I think that there are, uh, you know, states where people are energized about things like abortion and whatnot, and uh, people may be more inclined to vote in those states. But either way, yes, the... The notion of voting for the lesser of two evils is, you know, largely based upon the way our system works. You know, a question you might have in 10 states in the country, maybe less uh, in terms of swing states. All right. Um, let's go to the... Um, ams and then we will get out of here. The call-in portion of our program is over.
1: I um, just wanted to give people some breaking news. Something. It's something. The United States military is going to drop aid, airdrop aid into Gaza.
0: Usually that's what you, uh, that's what we had to do with like uh, Berlin when, uh, when it was surrounded by um, you know, uh, people we were having a Cold War with. We would airdrop uh, supplies in.
1: Not hmm. our strongest Weird. ally in the Middle East, Sam?
0: Our greatest friend. Dizzle McFizzle. Oh, uh, shit. Is Silver uh, Fox Sam in for Casual Friday? I see that uh, AI Dave Rubin has uh, called him, has him glowing, left his best. Uh, Schmaligator. Emma's side of the screen is larger than Sam's. Emma Majority Report realized. Hmm. Voiter Fraud. Um. <laughs> If they lied about making a dollar, then they clearly funneled 18 bazillion dollars through Joe Biden's train tickets. I figured out what's so unique about this. It's literally a Jordan Klepper interview. But instead of the Daily Show smash cut, the funniest, most hypocritical bits together, an amusing montage. Taylor Lorenz gives an uncut hour of nonsense regurgitation and contradiction. Cherry Ghost, hey, folks, strike aid is going strong. Just a reminder to check out the, the site for new opportunities to support striking workers and submit any strike funds not yet on the site. Together we make a difference. Follow along on Instagram at strike.aid.
2: We've is had the strike, strike aid link in the in the uh, show notes and YouTube uh, notes for the last week or so because we wanted to highlight that. Strikeaid.org, uh, is it? Uh, Strikeaid.com. Strikeaid.com. Yep.
0: Left or beret. The only way passionate uh, bigotry without underlying knowledge can exist in a person has to be projection. Hearing her struggle to answer even the most basic questions makes me wonder what's wrong with you, Chaya. What do you actually hate? Cause it's clearly not trans people. Coronavirus. What if there was a hunger solidarity movement for Gaza, like fast every Monday in thought of Gaza, just to help bring more attention and overall solidarity.
1: Well, there's a lot, there's some people are doing some like, um, if there's a very long vulture piece about, uh, I, I believe this person is non-binary. So I, I, or I, they may not be, I'm just going to use they, them pronouns. They, um, are not taking their AIDS medication every day that this continues. And they're burning, um, their AIDS medication pill, um, every, every single day that, uh, this continues. So, I'd encourage people to to read that um piece in Vulture. It's long, but yeah. People are doing uh, what they can.
0: Couple more IAMs and we're out of here. Um five oh two Drew looks like the best weapon against the anti trans movement would be to let Chaya Raichek be the voice of the anti trans <laughs> movement. I feel yeah. dumber from having heard her speak. Yeah. Mike from Queens. Hey, I'm our crew. Wanted to let you know the New York City DSA Jewish Voice for Peace as well as other organizations are organizing a mass rally at the State of the Union next week in D.C. to call for a ceasefire. Anyone in your audience interested, go to peopledemand.org. Peopledemand.org. Um, I think we're going to cover it. Are we going to cover that State of the Union? We it's next talk Thursday. About if you, if I know. It's Saul's we're... birthday, but I think uh, I'm, you know, I can get him to sleep. Uh, so, Saul we'll can see. just come
2: cover it with us. can do some oh, yeah.
1: coverage with us. <laughs> I'm sure that will be how he wants to celebrate.
0: Train boy, there's only one gender the human gender. Two more. Data. She's talking about Kinsey. Like 50 years ago or something, he studied sexuality. He studied orgasms in the spectrum of sexuality. also found that children could have orgasms. That's why he's calling him a pedophile. It turns out not the case. And the final I am of the day isn't the great replacement theory also just another form of denial projection um, it's accusing the people accusing others of doing this it's what they themselves do historically white people replacing indigenous people good point Bradley great job today solo Matt have fun at the wedding Emma, great job this week. Oh, sorry. Uh, this week for everybody. It is Friday. Um, also, great job, uh, John Ahrens, uh, a book on the show. Um, we had a bunch of great guests this week. Uh, Dorsey, uh, making it happen in the, on the YouTube side, the back end. Isaac, Julie, uh, Maria, Chris, and, of course, uh, Corey, and uh, and Jake uh, great job everybody. Did I forget anybody?
2: No. Kyle maybe we could Oh Kyle to of Kyle.
0: course. <laughs>
3: Kyle. None
0: of this would be possible without Kyle. Yes. All right folks. See you on Monday.
3: It might take all like to get to where i want but i know somehow i'm going to get Between the truth and the light fall. But finding out won't make me feel any better Yeah, I know the clock is ticking But the men's are gonna kick in And my pilot light shining bright I guess somewhere the choice is made Option where you don't get paid for the road that bends before it finally breaks you. I guess somehow I lost my drive.